Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. I want to let you know about a treat we have for this episode and most upcoming episodes. You can now view the video recording of this episode on the Tiger Pops YouTube channel. So if you want to watch the host faces as we discuss the episode, you can head over to YouTube and search for Tiger Pops podcast to enjoy. See you there. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of Tiger Pops. And today we have wonderful new guests. We have Jocelyn, who's been on before, and we have Haley, and we have Elizabeth. So um, everyone's going to introduce themselves, and they're also going to say, who would you want to be um, in an escape room with? So Jocelyn, why don't you start us off? Hi, I'm Jocelyn. I've been on the podcast before. Um, I'm from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and I'm 36. I love this show and who um who would I want to go to an escape room with probably Gaiu maybe because I feel like he has such like a I don't know he just seems like he has so much knowledge about stuff like he's always doing different jobs and I don't know I just feel like he would be the right choice but yeah (laughs) he's like the number two the right hand you know awesome okay Haley let's hear from you I'm Haley. I'm 28. I'm from Chicago. I'm recently married. Um, I love Midnight Poppy Land, especially since I started listening to Tiger Pops. Um, like I was telling everyone before we started recording, um, I feel like I've gained more insight and just en- enjoyed the comic a little more fully than before, just from everyone that's been on the show and Mindy you know, it's really awesome that you just decided to do this and they're like, I'm just going to run a podcast about this thing that I love and find other people that love it. And that's really cool that you just jumped in and did that. So very cool. And um, okay, as for the escape room question, I mean, Tora is just, I mean, that's like the, the lust talking. Um, but I feel like maybe Vincent would be a good person mm. to be because he's very mm, tactical. Um, maybe mm. has a, we haven't seen a whole lot from him yet. I mean, just a couple episodes, but I go with Vincent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Surprise number one. <laughs> so uh, actually that suits well with your like, you know, kind of a high drama theme of like the the pistols and your ears. Oh and your, yeah, <laughs> and your ring. But Thank I'd you. love to if you could show us your your sh- your shoulder tattoo. That'd be awesome. Oh sure, yeah. Um, so this one is actually a poppy. Um, it was before I started reading Midnight Poppy Land, but I thought it was very appropriate, so I have that one out. And then I have a sleeve on this arm. Oh here. wow! Yeah, full sleeve. And then I'm working on um, a back piece as well. It's actually a Japanese style octopus. So wow. really excited about that one. 
was that inspired by Midnight Poppy Land at all, or is it something independent? Um, I always wanted to do a huge back piece. Um, I love octop octopi, octopuses, octopuses. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Japanese style, like I mentioned before, again, we started recording. Um, I did spend some time in Japan in 2010, and I studied Japanese for four years. So it all kind of came together. And then yeah, Tora, definitely with the um, Japanese style tattoos. Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Oh yeah, I love, I love his tattoos. I have a full back tattoo. Mm -hmm. I remember you posted um, you have the you have the um like the the spinal column and the wing mm -hmm. on your yep. arms, right? I I remember you you posted that. Yeah, the back tattoo was my first tattoo. I just didn't know any better. Damn, you just <laughs> jumped in, girl. Yeah, two two guys working on me at the same time. Oh. How long did it take? Um, 11 and a half hours over the course of three sessions, but that's like 22 hours of work total because it was two people. Mm -hmm. So cool. So. Awesome. So you have more tattoos? Yeah, I did the full back tattoo first. Then I did the half sleeve. And then I got like two little butterflies. My tattoo artist was like, you know, most of the time, people do it the other way around. <laughs> the butterfly yeah. first. Yeah. It's like, usually they go for the small thing and then the big thing. He goes, but you were a baller and did the cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have, like, tattoo shop cred, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, so, Elizabeth, let's hear about you, and I would love to see your cool outfit. Yes, so tonight I am wearing a custom shirt that I got from Etsy. It says Suglet. Because uh, Foxfire Christina over on AO3 coined that term, and I think it's hilarious. So I had to get a shirt. Uh, yeah, so my name's Elizabeth. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota with my husband and five dozen houseplants. So off to this way, there's like 20 of them. Um, I'm an artist and I got into writing this spring. Some of you guys may know me as Begonia Rex over on AO3. I'm writing a lily for Tora and actually was working on the next chapter right before this and I should post that tonight. I want so, a link yeah. to you. I'll, yeah, I'll put a link to your fic in the, in the link. Oh too. yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I have to say for 2020, for all the awfulness that has happened, the pandemic has been good in the fact that it got me to dis discover Midnight Poppy Land. And then I had time because I was stuck at home. So I started writing. But before this spring, I had never written a long form story before. And then suddenly discovered that I could actually do that. <laughs> and you're one of the people and like one of the many people who has been inspired by Midnight Poppy Land to create their own artistic work. And like you're, there's so many people who say, oh, this is the first time I've drawn and this is the first time I've written and I never published it. I never thought it was good. And it's so amazing to see that. Like, I mean, the fan fiction and the fan art that comes out and like from so many new timers, it's amazing. So inspiring. Sure. Yeah, it's so, been super fun to just see people being like, oh, this is the first time I've ever done something like this. And it's just like, it's so exciting to see people just trying new things. Yeah. 
And it's always appreciated because we are just like thirsty for more content. <laughs> <laughs> just thirsty, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So, um, Mindy, right, y'all know me, but I just do want to show my outfit. I'm Ardeen tonight, and I tried to emulate her outfit. Um, there's a little bun. I couldn't do the whole hair in a bun because it's like a $12 wig, and it doesn't work that way. And then my <laughs> husband was kind enough to draw uh, Ardeen's tattoo a little higher up because I'm not opening this trend anymore. And uh, <laughs> and I put on black nail polish. So, so I'm very excited about, my <laughs> about this. Okay, so we're going to be splitting the summerization, and... Jocelyn, take it away. Okay, so it starts off the first panel here. It says um, they're they're at the bar still. Uh, here's your drink. Don't put it down till you you're done. Got it? And then she says, um, "Oh, did someone slip me a roofie?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> he's like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> you know, people suck. Sorry. And then you get the conversation of a guy you with this dude he says hey man uh what took you so long to get there and he's like work what else and then you see Tor in the magazine he's like yeah they do they really do sorry i hope you got those uh a-holes thrown out of the club and then no, poppy telling thing. him that oh yes poppy sorry and then the next panel is a uh, good thing i've got this what I don't see anything. Clear nail polish, also a roofie detector. So it changes color. Uh -huh. Yep, wanna try it on? And then there's a scene here where she starts putting on some black nail polish. Um, Ardine passed, passed us a couple of these uh, before we came to the bar. Pretty smart. Uh -huh. And then it's them discussing, no wonder the dope peddlers are going out of business. Bruh, that's too much info kidding the ones i knew were bummed off because they were dumb and mm. then she stopped him oh my god tell me like telling me all this mafia stuff i'm gonna get into trouble boy you just you said just one finger and then she starts painting like his whole hand and stuff so. well and like no she did not say just one finger i scrolled back and looked <laughs> I'm like, no, she, no, she didn't. You're in for, you're in for one. You're in for the whole hand, dude. Come on. <laughs> my, uh, and my thing that's really funny is like, to, to, um, Patty said, well, not funny, sorry. Patty pointed out that Tor probably feels happy that she can take care of herself. He feels a little relieved that she was, she and Ardine, I guess, were foresightful enough to do that. So he feels like a little bit of the the ease, you know, of the burden off of his shoulders. Yeah. Well, and like, I, uh, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, with the whole like painting his nails, you know, obviously he didn't realize it was going to be black, but I think he's pretty secure in his masculinity to be like, yeah, no problem. Like I could wear black nail polish. And he's also let her braid his hair, um, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And um, like I mentioned my husband before, um, he has, he's, got long blonde hair um so he's like a viking man he's six foot eight but um he lets me braid his hair we'll <laughs> so just walk up to him going oh i'm gonna braid your hair now and he just sits there and lets me do it and i think Aww. you know he i think Tora really you know he whatever poppy wants pretty much is is cool with him plus <laughs> like 
like I find in these scenes, like you get the, the, the feeling like Tora's letting her do it also for the fact that he can stare without her really like noticing. <laughs> and like, she's also touching really his hands. Him. She's yeah, touching him. Touching. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he, there's a little bit of him that likes the goth look. You know, he tends to dress in dark colors and my my friends always make fun of me. They're like, why is Tora wearing eyeliner? Because they like to trash me for like liking anything that I poppy land and whatever. It's like their thing. Like they they're missing out. Theoretically, would like it. They have to make fun of me. So they're like, he Tora wears eyeliner. So I think you know it goes with all. You know, he wears dark colors. He has the fake eyeliner, like natural eyeliner, I guess. The dark hair. I think that he likes the the high drama look. Yep. Well, he probably like like you see like past scenes with him and his hair colors that change color. Maybe he's like over color <laughs> maybe I don't know he just like got tired of it and now he's like <laughs> so anyways uh moving on um uh no wonder the dope peddlers are going out of business bro that's too much and then he she's saying like um oh my god stop telling me all this mafia stuff I'm gonna get into trouble you just said one finger I already said all this I'm sorry I'm terrible at this um okay and then the next panel it's it's uh, just like dialogue between them. And it says, I thought you said uh, the nail polish was clear. Oops, I forgot to tell you, there was only black nail polish left. Anyway, stop yelling at me, finish the rest. I'll, let me finish the rest. And then uh, <laughs> you see in the background, it's like them looking at, at the couple, like Caring. doing whatever they're doing. And it's like, I swear to God, <laughs> hush now. And so, um, can, I, can I interrupt for a sec? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, something that was also nice, I think Patty also mentioned this. I was trying to find my notes. Like, oh, where is it? So <laughs> she, I think it was her. It might have been someone else. I'm sure I'll find it at some point. Where the fact that he tells her, he's like, he's able to talk to her about mafia stuff. You know, that's like something I don't think he would have been able to do in the beginning. I don't think he would have trusted her. I think this shows that he trusts her enough where he can reveal the part of himself that really he was very ashamed of before so the fact that he tells her this i think is very revealing of like the level of trust that he has and, and comfort that he has with her and it's kind of funny because she does say like oh you know too much information like she does in one hand like you could say she rejects that but she doesn't reject him like she doesn't want to hear about it but she doesn't go turn to him with like a look of horror or disgust or fear she still keeps on teasing him and bantering with him so i think that's really nice and affirming that we see that a level of comfort from from torah well, and I also wanted to say, like, we'll find, obviously, find out later in this episode that, like, his inhibitions are already down at this point. Like, his self-control is not where it usually is. So, like, once I got to the end of the episode and then I went back and reread it, I was like, I think maybe his lips are already running a little loose at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely starting to be inebriated. And, yeah, like you can tell with the banter, for sure. And that banter is the best like it's so nice that they're able to you know poppy is like it's a very i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's like a very i think like a lot of females do this like they kind of like push their guys around and it's it's kind of I, I often say like i really think women have a lot of emotional power over men and you can just get them to do stuff like and you can like make all these jokes with them it's just you know, and especially, obviously, the, the typical contrast, you know, Tora is the big guy and Poppy's a little girl and, like, he's the mafia and he's the sweetie pie, but she's still able to, like, make fun of him and tease him in a way that probably, you know, not many people do. I think <laughs> it's a little, little woman syndrome. Uh, I can attest to this as a 
mention I'm my husband's six foot eight. I'm five foot one. So yeah, eh, I definitely kind of push him around a little bit more than probably is necessary, but <laughs> you know, it's it's just part of the the rapport that we have, I guess. <laughs> My husband always says, like, if he he would ever hit me, the amount I hit him, he would like be in jail. <laughs> you know, it's like he says a bad joke, gets a smack. Like, <laughs> he teases me, he gets a smack. Such a big body, and it's just like it's like padding. It's like hitting a what is it called? Those things you punch, punching bags. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, on flesh <laughs> like just soft anywho <laughs> but um oh i wanted to mention too um somebody you might have this in your notes already mindy but somebody on facebook pointed out that you um when they're like the him and the uh, other thug guy are like looking up at poppy and tora arguing um Gyu's wearing the same shirt from like way back when um tora and uh what was his name? Uh, Clyde. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, when they were sitting at the, and he like did the smoke in his eye and everything. But so, yeah, Gu's got that one really wild shirt. And that's, <laughs> that's his go-to for, for club wear. Well, he might've come straight from work. He was working at Chevy's before. I don't know if that, but like, I also have a feeling Gu doesn't have a lot of money, you know? Like Tora asked him back then. He was like, oh, why are you working so many places? He's like, oh, you can never have enough money. I think it's like, he doesn't have enough money. I don't think it's like he's like oh I have to accumulate lots of wealth. I think he's just he works at low paying jobs and it's really the case people with low paying jobs often have to work multiple jobs. Um I used to work at Lowe's. I did this I had a full time job that like paid like double of what I earned at Lowe's but I happened to have loved the Lowe's job much more and like so many of my coworkers at Lowe's worked multiple jobs because when you work a, a job that pays $12 an hour you usually can't make ends meet, you know. <laughs> so I had think like you was like that. Mhm. Mm yeah. Should I continue? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then this next panel. Okay. For two people as different as night and day, they sure look pretty cute together. And then the guy says, let's say rhetorically speaking that our big bro ain't gay. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't he prefer someone hot, like hotter and more mature? And then <laughs> guy who's got this face on like, what? Hotter and more mature? Like who, <laughs> you? <laughs> Oh, so funny, it's so funny. He like this other guy, which it's not, I don't know what his name is. If he has any, I don't think we heard his name yet, but no. he's like so hard for him to accept that Tora is not gay. He's still thinking like rhetorically speaking, if he weren't gay, like this rumor really must've been like pushed strong for him to like not accept proof with, that he sees with his eyes, you know? Seriously, it's like, you don't see it right there. You're not gay, hello. Clearly flirting. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say it's so cute I love what guy you said that he like observes them looking cute together such a good guy yeah I'm happy that there's someone who appreciates wholesome romance yeah yeah the all of Quincy's angels they should keep they should push this I'm, I'm glad they're all on board <laughs> um, that's like, oh, sorry oh no go ahead no you go you go okay well I was thinking like guy you also had already had like like a notion that something was going on, obviously with the with the the um, texting tripod they have there with, with uh, Quincy. So 
I think like maybe, you know, he finally sees them together, which I don't think it happens very often, if ever, in the, in the episodes. So that I find is cool. Like finally he sees it and he thinks it's cute. So I always, I like this line as well. Yeah. Well, and like that just shows too, like, so Quincy and you are both trying to get Tora and Poppy together. Um, it just shows that they obviously know him better than anyone else because his quote unquote crew still think he's gay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he obviously doesn't let them into his personal life, if, if there is any of his personal life really to be had. So... Mm -hmm. I, I Quincy is for sure the one to push them together. I think Guyu is a little more respectful of boundaries. <laughs> um, I, and I think he's more of a, like, take a step back and a little more mature in that way. And don't get me wrong, I love Quincy and I like that part. I, I do that all the time with my friends, but I think Guyu is a little more respectful. <laughs> so. He's just waiting in the wings, just gently like, oh, come on now. <laughs> I mean, he obviously wants to see him happy. I mean, something happened in the past. We don't know what, but uh, you can tell they have like you know respect for each other somehow like because of that event um, and yeah so I'm I, I just like this guy he's he's just a good guy so <laughs> and then um, the next panel is just them fooling around like that you scoop a cow and oof and he bams and cows so you know that there's like a little bit of a ruckus uh and then the next oh and i was gonna say uh somebody pointed out that gyu means beef in japanese yeah i think, it, I think right? it means cow but yeah okay. I, I heard it means cow of course i didn't, didn't look it up myself but yeah. <laughs> well and like um i mentioned earlier i did study japanese for about four years um and gyu is is actually like the real pronunciation i mean say it however you want but i mean guy is fine but you is like the actual how you would pronounce that name but i, I used to say guy and then emory pointed out to me she looked it up she's like it's you so you. Okay. <laughs> good to hear it confirmed you. i was whatever. saying it right yeah. the whole time <laughs> awesome okay so this next panel okay they're done so he's looking at it like with this face, I don't know. He's trying to see in his eyes. He's just like, <laughs> um, and then her shoe starts slipping off, and it's a blister because you can see there's some sort of blister there. Uh, it's just one coat, so it won't take long to dry. And then her shoe falls off. Plop. Oh crap! My shoe. Thud. Could you pick it up for me, please? Say pretty, please. And then. She's like, pretty please. Say it again, sweetly. Say it again, sweetly. <laughs> because this is Poppy we're talking about. <laughs> so sassy. Yeah. She's quick on that too. She's like, mm -mm, nope, not not falling for those charms, sir. <laughs> flirting so much with each other. I mean, Tora's flirting with her and she's yeah, being sassy back. And their facial expressions are awesome. I love that expression like when he's well I, I love all of expressions this whole episode is like so expressive but like when he looks at her and he says say pretty please it reminds me of there's a certain panel in one of the previous episodes where he has this face I can't remember I think it's like when he was in her apartment they were looking at the painting there's something similar it's like a little bit of an unguarded face 
and like a wistful longing kind of face? For me, I, I remember at Alice, like when you meet Alice, and he's like, and then she notices his dimple. This is the face. Right. The second, the second panel with the dimple. Yeah. yeah. That definitely looks like that one. So yeah, I, that's me like leaning in into her face, smiling at her, totally flirting and laying it on thick. And her sarcastic face when she looks at him. Awesome. It reminds me too of when he totally called her out that she has nothing but smut on her shelves. And it just showed his face from like the nose down and he's got that that dimple she's like i would never be so brazen oh. <laughs> <laughs> not me i'm just a sweet and innocent girl and also did you guys notice that when she asked him could you pick it up please she like leans back and she leans into him you know like she could have leaned any other way but no she leans into him because they love each other <laughs> yeah Kiss, kiss, fall in love. <laughs> kiss, kiss, you are in love. Even if you don't know it, we're telling you you're in love. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows it. Come on, get on that bandwagon. <laughs> and then, okay. So, so the next panel, is this the panel you're talking about where it's where Taurus just kind of looking downwards at the shoe, I guess. I don't know what he's looking at, but... The one right after this panel. I think he's just reacting to how sassy yeah. she is. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Okay. That's, that could be. I wasn't sure about this panel. I'm like, there's not much to it, but something's happening. Well, um, I think right, he's just, yeah, I think he's just reacting because like he's expecting her to be like, oh, pretty please, Tara. And she's just like, <laughs> in <hand> sweet. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that. That's not the reaction that I usually get when I tell people to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He's immune to his charms a little bit, I think. Mm, I think Poppy bit. is immune. I think Poppy is very wise in knowing not to capitulate because if it would be too easy, she wouldn't be as challenging and she wouldn't be as fulfilling. You know, mm -hmm. you have to have that challenge. She has to be invigorating for him. She has to be someone like that. He has to work hard to get. She can't mm -hmm. just fall all over him. <laughs> Yeah, like the chase, you know? <laughs> okay, so he uh, he bends down to get the shoe. Um, careful, don't sponge your nail polish. Real funny little shit, he mutters. And then, totally smirking there too. Like she's teasing yeah. him, like, man. <laughs> like she's got this smile on right now. It's just, it's cute. <laughs> well, and it's definitely like um, a power position too, because when he like set her up on the bar she's like oh is this what it's like being six foot three and uh, again I experienced that because uh, my husband will pick me up and I'll go oh I can see the top of the refrigerator wow <laughs> <laughs> is that what it's like up here wow but um you know just to have such a big man like bending down picking up your shoe like she's in total power position right there Right. Crystal was also pointing that out, that that's a very like submissive posture. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, well, uh, the shields mentioned something a little bit later, which I'll talk about when we get to that. Hmm. And then like the, the, it's him touching her foot. It's just, okay, this scene, I don't know, but I don't know. Like I can picture it in my mind. Like someone wait, doing wait, it I think you, mean, and I'm like, you can feel it in your body. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh my God, <laughs> hold still, he says, but 
like you can see her jolts so yeah well and his i don't know if you guys are anime fans at all but his nails remind me of the akatsuki they're a like evil ninja group and their nails are all like all the members their nails are black and i, I was just it was it was hitting home for me i was <laughs> i was feeling that black nail polish faux show <laughs> and can i just comment like his hand like swallows her foot oh, yeah. <laughs> like he's not even extending his hand all the way and his hand is like still longer and, and bigger than her foot is exactly and like the way he's touching it too like yeah. like he's so careful he, well and like it's so gentle and like tender like if you're gonna put somebody's like I've babysat for toddlers before. Normally, you put the shoes, you just kind of shove it back on. But he's like <laughs> really taking his time to like touch her foot. Like we get like three panels where he hasn't even put her shoe back on. He's just like holding her foot. <laughs> Total Cinderella vibes too. Mm -hmm. but <clears throat> so yeah, about the Cinderella thing. So Lady Libri had this whole um, explication. She said. Um, Oh gosh, I must have said, okay, so this happens a little later where Tora, you know, Poppy says, oh, let's go. And then Tora takes her hand. So she points out how it's like the role reversal where usually the prince says, you know, to the princess, oh, come here and the princess goes. So it's the role reversal, but this is like Cinderella, right? So here she points out like he, how he literally like falls at her feet, right? He's both literally and figuratively. And yeah, it's a very much a Cinderella motion. And she also thinks about how like his dark nail polish is, you know, something like you said, kind of like with the evil and like, it looks like it's dark, but you know, he's like, has a dark outside, but light inside, which is like going back to the whole color thing that we always talk about here. And Crystal also said something so cool. She said how, you know, the feet is where you get all your support from. So by him like cradling her feet, he's showing how he can be her support and something that she can lean on and in a, such a gentle way. Oh, you know. Love that. And I think she's panicking now. She says, wait, you don't have to put it on for me. It's fine. You want to do up the buckle? And he just, he's there. And I love this panel as well. You just see, he's still holding her foot. And there's the shoe. Poppy's and blushing. I know. She's like completely like, wow, he's actually doing this. And I mean, she gets a chance to glance at him from above. And watch His eyelashes. And oh, yeah. eyelashes. <laughs> I know. And no, if you guys notice, no eyeliner, people. <laughs> no. So when he when he was down there, like when I first saw this panel, I was like, by the way, I've become a very lustful person due to being that popular. Like I did not used to think this way, but when he when I saw him down, like right by her knees, I was like, just say, there's lots of other things you could be doing when you're down there, but. <laughs> Yeah. So, Go for it. yeah so leslie well, was pointed out that poppy if you see she puts her hands on her skirt like to kind of like prevent any peakage and but she's like no tor is a gentleman he's not even looking up there so good for him <laughs> and yeah he does have the most amazing eyelashes it's <sighs> oh. i don't know how you could look like this at a cartoon character it's just mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love the next panel where it's just her face reacting to him. Mm. And like, 
I'm really curious what's going through her head right there because like she's not blushing anymore, but she's obviously thinking about something. She almost looks like worried. I I can't like the eyebrows are like doing a little worm thing. I don't I couldn't really figure out what what was going through her head there. Just remember though, like at the beginning of the night, she was so sure that like, you know, he he's being a kind of watched by other ladies and you know he's yeah. he's like out of her league and blah 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 but but like she, maybe she was worried that like you know well he's doing this but maybe it doesn't mean anything or you know like the worry we all kind of get when we're like not sure you know how yeah. the other person feels or whatever mm-hmm. so it could it's be funny. that I thought I thought it would be kind of like that but the opposite where she's worried that he does Feel something for her because I think that for her brings a whole set of anxieties where like oh he likes me that way does that mean like how am I going to reciprocate now and how am I going to handle it I think that like that's how I saw her kind of anxiety here well and she just told Erdine like in the last episode that she just wanted to be single and figure herself out which good for you girl that is number one when you get out of that awful relationship just do you figure out who you are before you just jump into another you know, serious relationship. Um, but on the same hand, you could tell she really, really likes him. And obviously that he, I mean, she's not sure of it yet, but we know that he really likes her. So yeah, I get. I guess that's, uh, that would be going through my mind too. Yeah, I think there's like a lot just kind of hitting her right then. And I think also physically, it's probably very hard for her to handle this super hot guy, like touching her foot. Like that's such a sensitive part of you. Um, and it's it comes along with like such feelings of like affection. Like that's a very intimate thing to do to somebody. Not just like just the physiological sensation of your foot, but it's also like this, I'm taking care of you. And in such a personal way, I think that it's like physical and emotional going on here. It seems like it just, it came so natural for him. Like he didn't, he just did it. Like I'm taking care of someone that, you know, I, I care about and that's, you just do it. You don't go, Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not picking up your shoe. Get down. You do it. You're, you just, you just, you know, when you really care about someone, you just do the little things and those add up and those are really what, what matter. So I think about stuff like this all the time because my husband and I have been married for almost 11 years and now like, Went back when we met, I was like, oh, sure, I'll get you food. I'll get you your shoe. I'll get you this. And now I'm like, I'm like, you get it. But <laughs> I try. I really do try because I think about Tora and Poppy. And I was like, oh, you would love it. You know, you think highly of Tora when he does this. Or like, it brings you back to that early stage of falling in love when you're like obsessed with the other person and you do anything for them. So I really do think about him. Like my husband, after 11 years, has done so much more for me than he did when I first met him. Like he, I deserve, he deserves a lot more of my affection and, and help. So I always think about that and I try to be not a grouch. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll pick up your socks on the floor. Yeah, sure. I'll wash your dish. Yeah, sure. He's very ADD. So he leaves stuff all over the house. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll pick it up and I won't complain. I'll think it's cute. You know, <laughs> try to tell myself that. Yeah. <laughs> My husband's like, I really, I, it's, it's crazy when I read this, it really reminds me of my husband. He, um, like right before we started, he's, you know, out in the living room playing his video game. And he's like, you know, text me if you need anything while you're on your podcast. Do you, do you have water? Oh, do you need a snack? Do you need this? And I'm like, 
I'm fine, thanks. Oh, newlyweds. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been with my partner. Yeah, I've been with my partner for like uh, 14 years, like marriage. So, yeah, it's 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 different when you get like far down the line. You like know that you finish the person's sentences and all this stuff. But yeah, I like to go back and remember what it was like when we first fell in love because it, it's hard to. Yeah, it's hard to remember when you go that far back, you know, and you want that feeling. So, I mean, you live vicariously through these characters, to be honest. I think I, mean, I thought about that a lot. Like, why do we women like romance so much? And I, I always thought, like, like, is it something missing in our romantic life that we feel we have to go through these romances? Or is it just like, like what you said, Jocelyn, like, we kind of lose the, the chemical high after a couple of years of being with someone and we want to see that again. So we like do it through other people, through romantic movies, through romantic books. I figured, I mean, if it's something that like so much of humanity does and has consistently done, I guess it's not unhealthy. Like we can't all be crazy, but, <laughs> but I guess, yeah, I guess it's like, you know, the, why males like war films and the women like romance. It's our, it's our thing, generally, obviously speaking in general terms. I mean, uh, we've been together for seven years, but I mean, we've lived together for like five, so not quite newlyweds, but I, I get what you mean. But uh, as far as- So your you husband's know, just very sweet, you're saying? <laughs> he's very sweet. Yes, he is. And that's, I always tell him like, that's my favorite thing about you. You're just very sweet. And, you know, just coming back to Torah, I mean, he looks mean and like he could, you know, beat the shit out of you, but we know- how he is with his flower you know he treats her like you know so gently and I can't wait to see more I also think it's like a kind of a misconception by the way he looks and everything by him mm -hmm. being mean because like even in the picture of him as a youth you see like like him helping out that that girl on the sidewalk kind of thing like in the background mm -hmm. And he's not with his buddies and doing all this stuff. So I feel like, like maybe he's been probably gentle his whole life, but is stuck in this. And uh, yeah, I just, I know it, at first you, it does seem like he's just this awful dude, but like, mm -hmm. as you like go through the story, I love that about this is that you really get to know him as like this nice person, even though he's done so many, probably so many bad things that we don't know about. Right. So yeah. Well, and I mean, um, Elizabeth, I don't know if you've experienced this, but um, so having a lot of tattoos, especially as mm -hmm. a woman, um, people tend to look at you um, a little differently. And I've had multiple people tell me, like, after they talked to me, they were like, wow, you're not at all what I thought you would be like just looking at you. And I bet that's, I mean, him at least him interacting with people not from the mafia you know I bet that's uh, Torah experiences that a lot as well just people make a an instant snap judgment about you and it's I think oh, yeah. we all do it so have you have you experienced that Elizabeth? Um, not too much I mean my tattoos are a little easier to hide because they're only half sleeves and they're on my back but like Usually what happens is people meet me and know me and then find out I have tattoos because Minnesota, say months of the year, we're all wearing long sleeves anyway. Mm -hmm. So spring will come around and people kind of go, oh, 
have tattoos? Oh, you have a lot of tattoos. Oh. Yeah, I've only ever had one person kind of like be like, you have tattoos? And I was just like, well, I like them, so whatever. But yeah, most of the time it's like, uh, I have two younger sisters and we're all within three and a half years of each other. And so my next sister is like very punk, you know, she's got like a faux hawk, you know, she's worked at a nightclub doing security. And so when we say, which of us do you, which of us girls do you think has tattoos? They always point to her and she doesn't have any. <laughs> but, you know, I, I kind of come in and I have, you know, flowy clothes and I'm an artist and, um, when my husband first introduced me to his group of friends, like he had kind of talked me up and none of them had seen like pictures of me yet. And so he's like, yeah, she's an artist and she has like a full back tattoo. And then I walk in and I had like flowers in my hair and like long flowing hair and a skirt. And I'm just like, hi guys. And all, just, all the friends kind of went, huh? <laughs> yep. So yep. I do, I do enjoy the subverting of expectations and with this comic in particular, like actually Taurus tattoos really caught my attention right away because a lot of comics uh, that I've read, like tattoos are usually not handled well. They're either like super they fake look, looking. They look like used tattoos. Yeah, or just like there's no thought put into them, or they just pulled like flash art from somewhere. And so I really like that, you know, the there's a lot of meaning and symbolism to his tattoos because nobody gets full sleeves and back tattoos and they don't mean anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Did you? So I would be. Do you have any Jocelyn? No, no. I, I do want them, but it, like I was ready to do it because um, my, my wife said like, go and get whatever you want and I'll pay for it. It's your Christmas gift or whatever. And then COVID happened and I said, okay, I'm going to put a hole on this. And now everybody's booked for the next, like way, way ahead of, like I have to wait 2022 to get the oh artist I want. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, so I'm holding off, but uh, yeah, it's my next, uh, it's my Christmas gift belated, I guess, in a way. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm actually working, not, I'm not getting it anytime soon, but I'm kind of working on an idea for my next tattoo, which will be pretty much up my leg and up my side, and it'll be flowers and butterflies, and there's definitely going to be Poppy. stuff from NPL in it now like there's definitely going to be like a tiger swallowtail butterfly in there um some poppies I'll probably throw in like an orange tiger lily yeah <laughs> that's gonna be actually uh, I had a I had a piece done on my right knee it's a tiger moth so that's mm, definitely that, a little influence is that after midnight poppy land also it was after yeah oh. <laughs> I awesome. love bugs and moths and stuff, but I was like, oh, tiger moth. <laughs> we're, we're doing it. Ooh, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> I can just like put my knee in the picture if you want to see it. Yeah, no, let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> if I can like angle it enough. So that's the. Oh, wow. Ooh. That's big. 
Yeah. Cool. I have, you know. Is that a hamster down there? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a teddy bear. That's my Aww. husband's teddy bear from when he was a kid. Aww. Aww. I wanted a tattoo for him, but I don't. I don't like names like mm. on me. So that was my tattoo for him. So. Oh. <laughs> cool. But hamster, hamster would be would be really funny. <laughs> See, I'm just waiting for the day when Tora's one leg just has poppies going down it because I feel like that's gonna happen. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna cover his neck tattoo with a giant poppy or like a bunch of poppies. I know people have said that before, but that would be cool. Well, because like his tattoos right now, like his sleeves are like referencing his family lineage and then his one leg is him but it's like you know the arms represent Yulon and Yula and right now the one leg represents him and I'm just like I feel like that other leg would make sense to be for Poppy someday, someday. <laughs> maybe 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 he'll put a little hamster in there <laughs> okay so should I continue Yes. <laughs> Elizabeth's part. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're at, yeah, we're at Elizabeth's part now. Yeah. So Tora finishes uh, putting Poppy's shoe back on. And then um, you and one of the other thuglets are looking on. And I love this is like the other guy is just like completely beat up. It's got like a big knot on his head. And Gyu is just fine. Like his shirt isn't even like rumpled. <laughs> And everyone's just looking and they look and they're like, cradle snatcher. <laughs> Which is funny, right? Because we know that they're not even that far apart. They're like five years <gasps> apart. But, you know, so I think a lot of people said this and Kaylee Crib was one of them that because he's so big and like weathered and experienced, they all assume that he would go for this like hot, you know, mature, edgy chick. And he goes for like the cutie pie who also looks small and probably looks pretty young too. So he's subverting expectations. Well, and like 21 to 26 is such a, like just a developmental gap, I feel. Like you obviously are both still adults, but I feel like a totally different person from 21 to 26. Like there's, for me, it was very mm -hmm. different. I mean, I was 20. I was like just turned 20 and my husband was 27 and a half. When I met him, and you know, I always say like either I was very immature or you were immature. <laughs> Not in the but, middle. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all go through different life experiences, so of course, sure. you know, maturity is kind of based on that. Um, but I mean, she did in a way. If this is if this is like illegal drinking age twenty one or something like that, it's like oh my god, <laughs> it's kind of yes, jarring that it's like five years apart like that, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this, this, the cradle snatcher comment kind of because maybe they are also young, these two people and it, yeah, for them, it's kind of weird that, you know, Tora's the older guy and whatever, and he's basically hitting on someone maybe their age. I don't know, like where that came from, but yeah. Well, and I feel like Tora, you know, like his comment about, um, wouldn't he want someone more mature and really uh, Torah's had to grow up so fast just because of everything he's been through. Um, you know, he probably likes Poppy's like naivete and innocence and, you know, just 
bubbly young like he didn't get to be that so with her he can be that yeah and i think she's more mature than a lot of people give her credit for because she is you know five two and tiny and sweet and she really plays that up to people um and kind of hides how smart and cunning she is and i think with tora she can be the sweet thing, but she also lets out like the smartness out a lot more too around him. Where it's just like, she's got those quips ready to go for him all day. Rolling out the hits. Yeah, so I love this plan just of like you just standing there like, um, you know, Lily Dusk puts these things in and then just doesn't comment on them. But the fact that like, you just like beat this guy up who's like, half a head taller than him and probably outweighs him and he's just fine like i kind of want to see him fight more at some point because like he's kind of like Tora's like right hand guy and it's like it's probably not just because he's a tech guy like he's probably got some other skills we haven't seen yet because hmm. like you hasn't really shown up a ton like in person um. Thank you so, so, so much, guys. Thank this you. was fantastic. And yeah. Uh, thanks, Cindy. So nice yeah. meeting all of you. And it's been great. And thank you for this, the great conversation. And Mindy, you're excellent host. And you know, you guys all made me feel really welcome. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Again. I described yeah. Tiger Pops as like, MPL's like community coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the way you guys feel when you're like, oh, I get to be on this episode, I feel that way every week. Great. <laughs> 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 <Right. laughs> okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was fantastic. It was lovely. It was so nice to see you have two new faces as well. Thank you so, so, so much. And right. see you later. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs> All right. So the next panel, um, Poppy is reaching down to adjust her shoe and says, ow, crap, it's blistering already. I am so going to pay for this tomorrow. And then Tora's looking off and Poppy says, Tora. And he's looking and three of his guys are coming back. The guys who took care of the uh, roofie dispensers last episode. And he's kind of like, yeah. Poppy says, I think I've hung around this bar for long enough. So do you do you want to go explore the cave with me? And her face is just so cute here. She's so excited. So I kind of share Tora's like dirty sexual humor because when she said, Do you want to go explore the cave with me? <laughs> I went instantly to yeah, that cave. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, he wants to explore the cave, all right. He does. Awesome. And I totally quoted, by the way, when Jacob last week said, um, oh, there's tons of great places you should go explore the cave. I was like, yes, Papa's going to do that. They're going to have, they're going to find a nook and maybe they'll go do some other cave exploring within the cave exploring. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Hope you brought your spelunking gear. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, Tara, Tara did say she could splunk as much as she wants. <laughs> what, what was, what's the uh, expression? Lady boner, I think they say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also you see like his expression when he, when he sees the, the fuglets, like he goes from being all sweet and affectionate to that's like back to the mafia Torah, you know, the anxious, the upset, he has this furrowed in his eyebrows, eyebrows. His exclamation yeah. points, right? So it's like good time to like a stressful time again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like she brought him back though. Like it's like Torah. Yeah. It's like oh, now I'm like you know, he's like distracted, but yeah. And Patty's pointing out like she's initiating. She wants him. Yeah. And she's asking for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so happy. <laughs> and then this, the next panel where he's just looking at her like he has such a like open vulnerable expression on his face here like he sees his guys coming back and he like he like you said kind of tenses up but then like here he's just like he's just looking at her like yeah i want to go somewhere else with you also surprised and blown away by the fact that she wants to be with him i feel like that expression is a little incredulous like she wants to be with me like he can't believe that she wants him well, and like just the uh, what led up to this, how you know she, she finally found out that Quincy and Tora are in the mafia, and he kind of avoided her for like that week before they went to the club, and maybe he still kind of felt like weird about her knowing, and it kind of shifted his like perspective of how he thought she saw him and it really didn't change for her because she already kind of suspected, but maybe he's kind of like, oh, it, it is okay. You know, it is going to be okay. We are going to move forward. And uh, yeah. Aww. But yeah, he looks so like vulnerable and like we don't see his face vulnerable very often. Like we're talking about like the age difference between them, but like here he looks really young. Yeah, but it's so funny because looking like I'm really gazing at it intently now, <laughs> and it really, <coughs> really reminds me when when I met my husband. I talk about my husband all the time, which I think is a good thing. Um, I remember that this one moment during our first day, we had like a blind date. Our friend set us up, so it was the first time I met him. And I remember that one moment we were sitting on a wall, <laughs> we were sitting right outside the Western Wall, you know, like in Jerusalem, and like by a parking lot, we were sitting on the stone wall. And I remember looking at him and he gave me like a very similar look to this. And that look was like, it was like he smiled and it was like, I need to be wanted kind of look. And it was like, do you like me? And am I worthy? And I noticed that look, but I remember as we kept dating, my husband's like a very big, like he's a goofball. He's very loud. He's very funny. He's very assertive. He's, he's, you know, he's philosophical, so he just like has tons of opinions about everything. And I remember thinking like, oh, that look was like, oh, that must have been like, I must have misinterpreted it because like, he's so confident and he's so assertive. Like, obviously I misread him. And then years later, as I got to know him, I was like, no, I got that right. Like he really was vulnerable in that moment. And like, do you like me? And so, yeah, so that, that reminds me of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's really insightful that you were able to know that from meeting him you know initially like just knowing what you know that's it's very insightful wow cool 
was a little obsessed with like emotions. I mean, my undergrad is in psychology. I want to be a psychologist. I would, I've been reading a lot of psychology books and I was obsessed with feelings and relationships and all those kinds of things. So I was like attuned to it, I guess. Hmm. Very cool. Hmm. Oh. So now we cut over to the fuglets talking and they're like, no shit, we let them off easy if you ask me. Brian's guyliner won us half the battle. <laughs> yeah, did you hear those little bitches scream? We didn't even touch them yet. <laughs> Brian, like yeah. The guys yeah. who like show show like have no bravado to actually approach someone in public, and like like their only defense is like putting a drink into someone's sorry, putting a roof into someone's drink surreptitiously. Like, of course, they don't have the balls to stand up to people in in real life. Like, not surprised. Yeah, and then Ryan's like, "Hey, where's Big Bro? I thought I just saw him standing at the bar." And we look and see that the bar is now empty. I like can't leave Tora alone for like <laughs> seconds. They're just up his ass. It's like just go. Like what? So what? He's not there. Leave, leave him be. I don't know. I just well, maybe they were supposed to like watch him. I don't know. That's another thing I'm wondering. Do you think maybe Vincent had something to do with it or Quincy told him them to watch him or no, I think like like he was like oh you know make sure the place is safe I think they kind of felt like we have to make sure he's safe you know? yeah maybe or maybe they're just obsessed with him like you said <laughs> <laughs> why are you so obsessed with me they're just into Mariah Carey or something I don't know well, it just seems like he has like his little like fan club that wants to just hang out with him all the time. Yeah. Posse. <laughs> Posse. Um, so yeah, now we see Tora and Poppy are walking back further into the cave. Um, Poppy's hanging on to Tora's arm and he's carrying her drink. By the way, did you sorry, I'm totally interrupting. Did you guys yeah. notice like the multiple seashells strewn all over the cave? Yeah, I'm wondering if it's like laser lights or something. I'm not sure if it's actually like part of the decor or if it's just like light lighting. But even in the in the bar, you see like their clothes all have like I don't know how she like thought of this, but she every like little panel you can see little circles of like yeah. laser lights like hitting their yeah. clothes. I love that. Like, I'm like, yes, it's a bar and there will be that. And she put that in and and then here, I think it's like the same deal, so. So amazing how Lily does all that. Mm -hmm. Artwork is amazing. Sorry, so maybe, are you mentioning the seashells because you're, you're referenced back to Tora's dream? Yes, I definitely want to talk about that. But if you want to talk about it first, you can go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. I just, I just thought of that when you said, hey, notice the seashells. Yeah. And I was like, seashells yes. I think I think that it's somebody mentioned last time or don't remember who where um the fact that last time right in, in the dream Tora had to choose between Poppy and the Baltimans he was like oh I don't know the Baltimans Tora Poppy Baltimans Poppy and in the end he kind of like sort of reached out there he was like Poppy right he took a step towards her so in la the last episode where um we ended off with Poppy saying oh Tora like what's happening and that person I don't remember who it was said 
it's kind of like the dream where he has a choice between the clan duties, like the roofie thing. And, you know, should he go address that or should he be with Poppy? So mm. she was like, okay, I hope he chooses Poppy. So he does choose Poppy, right? He chooses to let the guys take care of it and he stays with Poppy. And here, I think, I feel like it's like an extension, like they're walking further into the dream and he's, he's chosen Poppy. He's chosen what the seashells represent, which is like a whole long list of things we covered, but home, security, protection. And, you know, he's doing that with Poppy. And I think that they're walking, he's walking in the right direction towards that, that goal of home and peace. I love that. My mind is just blown now because I've reread this episode. I mean, I would have reread it a bunch anyway, even if I wasn't on this this week, but I was like, okay, I need to like really like go through every plan on Super Slow. Totally missed the seashells. Didn't even pick up on it. Yeah. They're pretty. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean the cave itself like the cave caves are homes to animals and they're walking off now to be by themselves so it's like they're going to build their own home they're going to have build their own relationships a tiger cave if I may <laughs> hamster <you> cage okay <laughs> <laughs> what? Hamster no. cage. <laughs> so uh I'll keep guard so they're, they're walking, and Tora's looking to one side, Poppy's looking to the other, and he says, hey, Bobby, look. And she's holding onto his arm, and I just, uh, I just love her hand, like, on his, like, tattooed arm. Like, I'm a huge sucker for tattoos. Um, my husband doesn't have any, which is totally fine if he doesn't want them, but <laughs> I just, I love, like, anytime we see, like, Tora's tattoos, and especially with, like, Poppy's got her arm, like, her hands, like, all over his arm. Her skin is so, like, beautifully, like, milky, like, porcelain, and then his, you know, tattoos are so, like, again, the contrast that, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. always mentions on the the podcast, you know, he's got the art, and it's very dark, but, you know, with the flowers, it's, (sighs) yeah, Mm -hmm. and those those muscles, yep. (laughs) His his flower is holding on to his flowers. Um, I was trying to figure out he meant that in a dirty way, but like maybe that's just us. <laughs> someone um I just I just saw it today. Someone on the Facebook group was mentioning, oh, I'm so jealous of Poppy. You know, she gets to hold on to his big muscular arm. And then she says, but then, you know just have, you know, he's lucky too having a girl like Poppy on his arm and she's like mentioning how she's by on the post and she's like, oh, I could just appreciate both of them. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> My husband like teases me and like when I obsess about Torah and he tries to pretend that he's like the Poppy, he's like, oh, Poppy's gorgeous, but he just does it to tease me. He's not, <laughs> for some reason, he's not as obsessed with Midnight Poppyland as we are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's been so sweet about Mindy you said you talk about your husband all the time I'm sorry I talk about my husband too because I just think he's awesome but he he calls tiger pops um poppy talk (laughs) 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 instead of poppy cock it's poppy talk (laughs) I did I had to explain to my husband this morning what what thuglet means (laughs) Because I was like, yeah, I'm wearing this shirt tonight. And he's like, yeah, but I still don't really get that. And so I had to like give him like the etymology of like where the word thuglet comes from. And I was like, so there's this whole story. And then, um, so 
I was messaging with Christina who came up with the word. And so then she just gave me like, she's like, just have her husband read this. Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I still don't really get it. But okay. <laughs> as long as you're happy, honey. That's all that yeah, matters. Exactly. We're both nerds. We both nerd out with each other about different things. And we both sometimes just go, okay, that's what you're into. I have to say, I very much appreciate my husband um, when it comes to like me just talking about Midnight Poppy Land all the time because like I'm home like all day by myself at this point like I mostly work from home and he doesn't like he's lost going to work but sometimes he comes home and I'm like I'm trying I'm trying so hard to let him take his shoes off and like <laughs> but I'm just like I have story ideas and I need your help <laughs> he's he's the one who actually helps me do a lot of like the story beats for my fanfic. Like we actually connected, um, when we connected, I was working at a bookstore and he loves books. And so that we really bonded over and like we talked, I mean, even before I started writing, we were talking like story composition, you know, um, the flow and climax of stories. And so like, even when I started reading Midnight Popular and before I'd even started a, thinking of writing, I would be like, like he doesn't necessarily he doesn't get into the comics so much but he really likes hearing about like some of the big themes or the way that the story is built mm-hmm. but yeah he's he is the reason that a lily fortora started out so well is because like i was like ah, how do i do this <laughs> shout out to all the uh, mpl wives and husbands out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which he's reminding he's, me of all that unedited film, including with you guys. He was a very good sport and came on with Mindy and like, um, yeah, I, I told him and I was like, thank you for, um, you know, going on the podcast with me, even though you have no idea what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised he knew more about the characters than I thought. Mm. I have to extend my deepest apology that I haven't edited it yet. And I'm like, oh, I, was, I actually was planning on sitting and doing today, but then I took my kids out. So yeah. I'm really hoping it'll be out this week because I'm like, just do it already. I think I'm a little <laughs> intimidated by the video editing because I've never really done, I've done one video editing project in my life. So I think that I'm intimidated and that's why I'm not starting it. <laughs> so You got this, Mindy. Okay, thanks. You can do it. <laughs> make a promise you're like oh my god I should punish myself if I don't finish it this week I can't read this next week's episode (laughs) that'll get me doing it (laughs) I mean you've done 56 episodes of a podcast already you can do a video come on Okay, so I'll keep going. So they're walking to the cave and Tori tells Poppy to look and they both look over and we see Damien and Nardine tucked away on a couch making out still. Wait, I just do the feet thing. <laughs> Wait, were those were those like tiger striped boots, Mindy? Uh, they're just regular socks, but they could be tiger striped oh, okay. <laughs> Only saw them for a hot second. I'm like, where did you find tiger striped boots? So, <laughs> so the job that I worked at for many years was actually a hosiery company. So I have like probably about a hundred pairs of socks and tights and really cool ones and wow. I did not like the job, but I did like the socks. <laughs> <laughs> like the sock perk. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I, I used to think that like socks were just like 
plain. You would just have like black or brown or blue and like they were <laughs> plain and maybe they had stripes. And now I know better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Damien and Ardine are making out um, and we get was three, three panels and then they just kind of cuddle together and he gets a little blush on his cheek. He blushes a lot. This is, this is the cutest thing. It's like this little side character. They just, I love them so much. <laughs> Both of them. They're so cool together. They look like they're sleepy though. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, my lips are tired. I'll have to make it out. I mean, they have been making out for like two episodes now. True. <laughs> they probably like kept kissing like as they're walking like all the way from there to the couch. <laughs> oh, give my give my my dog a break. I'm tired. Um, I'm so, I'm so curious. About I did want to point out, Lily Dusk tends to work in threes. Usually that's panels, but we have had one a couple making out for two episodes and usually on whatever the third panel is or the third thing that she shows it usually changes the narrative a little bit so i'm hoping next episode we get a different couple making out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh. <laughs> i don't know hopefully <laughs> Uh, so what do you guys think of Erdine and Damien? Like, do you think they have couple potential? Do you think Erdine's just, you know, enjoying Damien because he's like hot? Do you think that it'll be anything serious or it's just a one night thing? I think it's it's a fling, but I think maybe he's more serious about it than she is. She seems mm. like pretty whatever. And he's like, I, I, I already like this girl. <laughs> like, he seems like a very, like, in your face kind of like, well, this is what I am, and that's it. You know, like with his introduction at the beginning of the the night and everything. Like, I feel like he's very like I don't know, like really precise on what he he is and what he you know. And so when you see him blushing, like I just I know it's like he's thinking about like long term, whereas Erdine doesn't seem like a long term type type of gal. But who knows? So. Well, and I wonder, so he's a Sagittarius, and I don't, I, I really like the um, Zodiac stuff, but I wonder what Ardeen's sign is, because we can oh. totally look up their compat compatibility. <laughs> I don't think we know yet. We, I don't think we do. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ardeen's even said, like, when Tora first showed up at the office, she's like, oh, I've dated guys like him before. Mm. True. So... She probably has a type that she likes, but maybe yeah. Damien is more of a cinnamon roll than we realize. Maybe he's sweet on the inside, just like Tora. Maybe. I say, like, you see, I, I give him more credit because I, the way he interacted in the other episodes, he seemed a little socially inept. And um, the fact that he's able to, like, physically provide for her in the sense you see, like, he draws her in, he's had his arm on her shoulder, he's is on her thigh I think he seems like I was impressed I thought he he feels like he knows what he's doing here so I give him more credit than I originally gave him for I thought he would be very awkward and that Ergene would write him, write him off because she's like oh you're like a child but mm -hmm. he's more 
with it and like in control than I thought he would be. So he kind of grew up just really rapidly in the, these two episodes. He seems more, more of an adult than I credited him to be. Well, maybe once he gets away from his buddies, he's a little more relaxed and less awkward. <laughs> Um, so continue it out. Poppy says, ah, it's Ardeen and Damien. So Tora's like, someone get him a fucking room. (laughs) But they're adorable. Quit being a grump. He's got like the little like annoyed mark on his head. And I saw, I've seen multiple people say that Tora's probably annoyed because he was trying to take them to that couch. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Been there before. And you know, he's probably like, Quincy probably like gets access to like home spaces, but like somebody said like, yeah, Tor's probably annoyed because he was gonna like take Poppy back to that couch, but it's taken. I yeah. thought he was maybe annoyed because Damien's supposed to be like working. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like not making out with, you know, Poppy's friend. I don't know. <laughs> What's that bottle in his hand? Is it wine or water? Well, I don't know, because, like, it disappears later when they're, later in the episode, when they're in their area. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It looks like it could be wine. I don't know. Spring water? I don't know. I don't know. Unknown, unsure for now. I mean, maybe we'll see it and we'll notice it in a different panel, but I don't know. Yeah, so now we get them. Tora takes her over to the angel. And they walk up to it. And Poppy says, whoa, is this supposed to be an actual angel? And the Tora, artwork here is like so amazing. Stunning. The platform of the rock, yeah. the, the glass. It looks like an ice sculpture, but yeah. it's stunning. Probably a reach, but like when I was reading it, I kind of got like a Dante's Inferno vibe. Like the very last canto is Lucifer, like frozen in ice. And I I don't know, like Tora was like, like the Virgil, like leading her up. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a reach. It's a reach, but I was was feeling that. Like yeah. leading her into the mafia life, but he's like a, a safe guide for her. I don't know. Great. That's great. Somebody pointed out that this thing looked like Star Trek, the platform <laughs> yeah. that they're going on. Spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> so then I don't see any reference there. So <laughs> neither have I ever watched Star Trek or Star Wars. So I wouldn't even know which one it was from. Oh, you're missing out. Sorry, sorry. The Starship <laughs> Enterprise for sure. Yep, I see it. Yeah, there's a little bit of a sci-fi feel with like the lights. Mm-hmm. Also, the striped ceilings I think really give it that vibe because yeah, you kind of have that kind of like industrial look to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is really beautiful art for mm-hmm. sure. So yeah, then Tor says, not an angel, angel. That's Ishrikara. And Poppy's like, I see. That's the first time he's called her angel 
out loud to her face. To yeah, her I was like, is she on Poppy Angel there? <laughs> I didn't see that. I, I thought of it as like, that's not an angel angel. That's a, you know, blank angel. Like, I didn't see it like he's call, like him calling her angel. Wow. I like that. He's, he's called her, you know, like when he, she came out of the bushes. Oh, she's a goddamn angel. And you're like, oh, oh. See, oh and maybe like, his lips are running a little more freely. So like it just slipped out. <laughs> I like it. Huh. Also, so, this perspective really enhances his chest. I'm just saying. Ooh. Like upward perspective. Mm. Mm shoulders those muscles and shoulder blades and collarbones and, mm. <laughs> mm -mm. okay yeah, I'm, always, I'm always a sucker for the tattoos that's always what i yep. throw in mm -hmm. but um i looked up to um ishrikara just to see if that was like a like a midnight Land thing or like a real thing um i couldn't find that exact word but there's actually um a Muslim prayer that is spelled really similarly. I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I don't speak Arabic. Um, but it's a prayer of seeking counsel, um, a prayer recited by Muslims in need of guidance from God Almighty when facing a decision in their life, which mm. I thought was interesting. Yeah, Darla was mm. also looking up, but yeah, totally appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because then Poppy asks, that's a very old Naren legend, isn't it? Ishrakara, protector of the ones who've slipped beneath the cracks. And Tora says, yeah, that one. <laughs> and Poppy says, wow, which makes this place some kind of sanctuary for those who've fallen. That's a neat concept. Um, and then Tora's like, I think there's some inscription around the back of this statue. I'm like... Yeah, talking about the cave as like, you know, now Poppy's even just straight up said like this cave is like a sanctuary. And um, I think it was mentioned that like this club is like gang neutral territory. So it's really kind of set as like an escape or a sanctuary from like the outside world. That's why it's also surprising that the whole roofy thing like mm -hmm. all these gang members do you really want to take the chance to to have them like get you for that because man you're in trouble like why would you think of doing that That's well if you're, if you're not in a gang you might not necessarily know that it's gang neutral true if like civilians just go they might not know that it's considered like a neutral place yeah Um, so now we get the Oath of the Fallen. It says, we the fallen hereby declare that we bow to none but our own. And as others rise, so we shall fall till it's time to reclaim our throne. Glory be to pain. Glory be to shame. So you'll get first crack at unpacking that because there's a lot there. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you read all the theories that have been going on, so... Uh, not, not quite, but like, I feel like this is really important to the story. Um, 
Lily, Lily just doesn't just put in text like this for no reason. Like, and the fact that it gets its own panel and it's very clear, like you do not have to zoom in to look at this. Like, um, couple episodes when like Poppy was looking up like Quincy you know we get the Google results and you had to kind of like zoom in to read them but like the fact that she makes this so clear and just like gives it its own panel I feel like is really important to the story um and I think it's telling us something about Torah so can I pop in with the theory is that? Yes. <laughs> okay, so Clyde and Patty both had like the same idea about this and they related it to Torah's lineage. So uh -huh. Torah is a descendant of Ulan and Yua, right? And they were the kings of Marin. And we know from her Google search that the Baal Uman, um clan overthrew the king in like the 18th century. What was the, uh -huh. <coughs> the name? Uh, king um, Sagan. What? Ivan, it was Ivan Ivan, Baldwin. yeah, and I forgot and the king. king. The king was like Sagan, it was T-S-A-A-G-A-N. Yeah, so the Baltimon overthrew, uh, overthrew the king. So we already had, even in previous episodes, that, you know, Torah is a descendant of the king, and maybe maybe Vincent knew this, maybe that's why he chose him to be like, oh, I'm, I'm lording it over you, you know, I'm, I'm controlling you. But, and that Torah, by throwing, you know, the Vincent, overthrowing Vincent would be like redeeming his role and being, you know, going back to the king again and putting the Baltimore clan back in like its place. But now this is like adding more, right? So it's like, we bow to none but our own and as the others rise, so shall we fall, right? So first the Baltimore's rose and the king, the kingly family like fell down until it's time to reclaim our throne, which is hopefully what Torah will do by asserting his independence and overthrowing the clan. And she also was talking about, she put in some really, Patty put in a lot of really cool stuff. So first of all, she was pointing out that the, the cave might, because it's a lot of it, Taurus said some of it was natural, it might have been part of ancient Naren. So maybe this was used at some point by the, the king, the family or something. And <laughs> um, she was also pointing out that being the chosen one, like both Ulan and Oh gosh, I wish I could read my handwriting better here. Both Ulan and Dora were kind of chosen and they had to, they had a mission to fulfill, right? Ulan with being the mm -hmm. prince and um, like his battles and Tora with the protector. So they have a lot of power, but it's a double-edged sword because they had to sacrifice a lot to get that power. And bowing to none but their own, she saw this um, really cool symbolism. She said she read, she read all of us, uh, Patty, but she was right again so that she can see this, but she felt that um, Tora, not Tora, Ulan lost his connection to the, the Irukari. I forgot, is that how you spell it? I can't remember, read what I wrote. But, um, oh, Kari, yeah. you know, or however you say it. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> um, and when he slept with, um, like, Yua, and that was, like, like bowing down to her. And here in this episode, Tora was bowing down to Poppy when he was putting her shoe on. And, like, he's kind of, like, giving his power up to her, right, and giving away his like they both had this nasty, brutal side, Ulan and Tora, where their previous life was just brutal and violent and they had to be killing people all the time. But when they met like their woman and they bowed down to her, they're giving up that part of themselves so they can be, you know, reclaim like the domestic personal side. And they both also make sacrifices for, for, for their women, right? Um, uh -huh. In order to like protect them. And... Um, <laughs> 
she also was saying how maybe the fact that the um Okan Iru, sorry guys, Kuri Kuri Inu. Yeah, thanks. Inu. Um, that maybe the the curse that they laid on them because on on Ulan and the family um is the reason that the Baalimans were able to rise to power and to control them because from what I understand, if I remember correctly, and I, I read his through a couple of times, but not enough to remember, where I think he Ulan kind of like broke free of the the Ulan, you know, the Orikuri. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I should know this better. <laughs> So maybe that their curse is the reason that the, the kingly family was able to be overthrown by the volumes. So anywho, it's like a whole connection here with a sewer's bride. I think I think it holds up. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean there there's definitely a reason for this. And I mean I hope I hope like we find out more like about his lineage and stuff because I mean it even just the one comic where I don't feel like we have enough like history in mm-hmm. there. So be nice to get something like a side thing happening. Yeah. So do you guys think that Tora knows his family lineage? Because I, I, I feel like he might know a little bit just based on some of the comments he's made. Like when he and Poppy were at Regina's peak he mentions like there's like a passing he makes out like a passing reference to Ulan about you know this king with long hair and Poppy's like oh yeah I think I read that and it kind of sounds like Tora maybe has read some of this too and he doesn't necessarily seem like the type who would normally be into like right he said so he said to Poppy he doesn't read uh in her apartment she offered him she offered some books to him he's like no I don't read basically he gave her a look Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he I think he, it might be subconscious like he I don't know if this was uh I can't remember if this where this was in the story but he said like his tattoos he just felt better having them on him like the the um peonies and the the koi fish like he it just resonated with him and he felt a connection and maybe he doesn't quite know why he feels that connection but it's it's there for reading that mm-hmm. anywhere am i do any of you guys remembering this <laughs> i mean i think that might be in the stages fanfic oh yeah <laughs> maybe that's it <laughs> i just really just really stuck with me all right that's not canon sorry <laughs> No, I love that story. So. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a testament to how good it is where we confuse <laughs> it. But yeah. I think um, Yeah, I don't I don't think his tattoos have actually he in comic, I don't think he's actually said anything about them yet. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed, right? So I don't I don't know if Tora knows where he's from. And I feel like I don't know, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but it's possible that Vincent does because he said, you know, Martin says, I don't know why he picked you out of everyone else. So it could be because of his dark aura, but it could also be because maybe he's trying to deliberately, you know, lord it over and say, oh, I am, you know, you're a descendant of the kingly family. Look at me. I'm ruling over you. Yeah. And I, where did I see this? Somebody, I was talking to somebody about like, you know, the 18th century, like the Baltimore family, like overthrew the kingly line and maybe ever since then. I mean, it could be kind of like a 
I'm a nerd, so I thought my mind went to Lord of the Rings and like Aragorn oh. and how like, you know, um, they were like trying to get the royal line wiped out. And so like Aragorn kind of grew up in hiding because like they didn't want uh, Mordor to know that like Aragorn was actually alive and knew that he was the rightful king. And so like, that's, I kind of thought of that with this of like, as soon as I saw that Google result where it tied um, the fair, the royal family with the Balthamans, I was just like, what if like the Balthaman family has just been trying to like destroy the kingly line ever since? Um, and somehow Vincent found out who Tora was descended from. It's so funny that you mentioned Lord of the Rings too, because I looked at the font that Lily used for the oath and it totally looks like the um, Hobbit like party business sign. Party oh, business mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's L-O-T-R right there. <laughs> That's funny. So, you know, bringing it back to like more fantasy, Lady Libri, Terry connected it again back to like the prince, uh, the, the Cinderella thing. So here she says, Tori is a prince who doesn't know who he is yet right it's also like you know like kind of like the hiding but and she's like you know said poppy is willing to slay dragons for him and Clyde also said something very interesting like she she also talks about the whole um kingship and thing stuff but she said how you know Torah doesn't know who he is right and maybe he'll rediscover his lineage and his true essence <clears throat> you know it's kind of like this I think this might be foreshadowing for that and you know that's something he's doing with her because when you meet your soulmate you discover who you really are and you can be your best self and bring out who you, you truly are. I know for mm. when I met my husband, that was what I felt like. I was like, I finally felt like I could completely be myself with him. I didn't have to hide anything or pretend to be anything. You know, I could just be me. <laughs> so that might be something where he's coming, coming to him. Hmm. Do you want me to keep going? Well, I do want to, um, I think there's also like the whole, forget the even even if we don't go into like the whole volume thing the poem itself mm -hmm. is just really talking about <clears throat> what it means to be somebody who like you know you said fall behind like he said fall behind the cracks and like these are people that people disregard and look down on and this is a <coughs> this is an oath to make them like kind of like feel better about themselves and like the glory be to pain glory be to shame it's like a coping mechanism where if you can't get out of your situation, you're going to at least try to make yourself feel better about it. And I think people do that a lot. Like, um, you know, I like recently had like a very hard period of my life and I, um, I understood why people, you know, I grew up very religious, right. And we always were told, you know, um, there's a purpose to everything, there's a purpose to all suffering. <laughs> and I really understood when I was going through that, like really difficult time. Um, I didn't intellectually believe that. Um, as a philosophical thing, which is like a whole long thing, but I, I recognize how emotionally it's much more sustaining if you believe that there's a purpose and if you believe that it's, mm -hmm. that there's a good thing that can come out of it at the end, because otherwise you're just like, why am I going through all this pain? Why am I going through all this suffering? It's, it's meaningless. It's endless. It's just torture. So this, you know, glory be to pain, glory be to shame. It's people who have had the pain and have the shame, but they have to feel good about it. So they're telling themselves that one day we're going to get better. We're going to reclaim our throne. We're going to come to power. We're going to maybe be recognized by the world as, as good, as worthy. Hmm. And the pain and the shame that we went through will only serve to you know, make us better and to make us more noble and more profound and wise. So it's a way of like, redeeming the pain and not having to view it as a crushing burden that just like swipes them out. 
Uh, I had a slightly different take on that, but that's really interesting too. I I actually has their crucible to go through. The way, like this reminds me of of um of the the little note that Alice puts on her thing for like new hires. Like I don't care if you're like a thug or whatever. I don't know what episode that is, but it kind of reminds me of that. And I think like she also. She's like, I, I don't see you as any different. You're still in need of, of you know, a, a helping hand or a job or whatever, even if you're fallen. And like, she also follows that credence kind of thing, like this, this whole oath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think her son is also that way because obviously, you know, he, he there's something going on with, with that as well. Like the, the, the connection that that person has with Tora and stuff. So like obviously this this poem was really like it kind of like grounds a lot of these fallen people for sure mm-hmm. yeah and i was kind of seeing the like glory be to um glory be to pain glory be to shame more on the side of like um sort of embracing pain i mean patty had um, what did she say? Like, kind of embracing the hardships you've gone through to sort of use it to make yourself stronger. So not necessarily like trying to find meaning in it, but using it to like empower yourself and not being broken by it. That, that was a little bit how I took it more of the like you've gone through some awful things and like use that to like you know rise again what doesn't kill you makes you stronger exactly the quote kelly clarkson (laughs) (laughs) a great philosopher (laughs) but like i've gone through i mean mindy you talk about going through tough times i mean um, I really, out of all of the Midnight Populine characters, like, I really connect with Tara, Tora on, like, not so much in the, like, oh, he's, he's attractive, but, like, that's not really the draw for me, is, like, it's the emotional connection with him and his trauma and, like, um, just how he is so, like, Tor is very like aware of people and he reads people really well and like he's very in tune with people's emotions um even though he's grown up in this very like dysfunctional environment that was meant to break him like he's still held on to the core of himself even though I think sometimes he feels like he hasn't um but like trauma had like Themes of trauma and handling them in a a good way in media is really important to me because we really haven't gotten that up until recently. Like, usually if somebody's had a traumatic experience, they're either broken forever, and that's the only thing that defines them, or, like, it doesn't affect them at all. Mm -hmm. And I I really appreciate with Midnight Poppy Land that both... Tora and Poppy have gone through some really traumatic things that deeply affect them, but like that's not their defining feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but like 
talking about shame and pain in particular, like depending on the trauma you've gone through, there is a lot of shame around that. And I think that Lily Dusk just handles it so beautifully in showing that there is strength coming off the other side of an experience like that. There is strength there that you, it doesn't necessarily give you strength, but it kind of reveals your strength. Mm. Um, but yeah, I could go on about that. And that's partially why I like the stories that I write have a lot of themes of trauma because it's something that I've spent a lot of time in therapy dealing with and talking about and examining. Um, so I, I really connect with Tora um, in that way of just seeing some, and somebody who is considered very strong and very powerful, um, who's dealt with some really traumatic things and like has, has, um, you know, hasn't let that destroy who he is. Do you, uh, do any of, <clears throat> sorry, do any of you guys read um, Laura Olympus as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's another really good one that deals with, like you said, Elizabeth, um, trauma in a really good way. And they don't, it's not like just thrust all upon you at once. It's like breadcrumbs throughout the story. And I agree that that really makes, that makes a good story. It makes you care <clears throat> about the characters. It makes you wonder why they are the way they are. <clears throat> Sorry. Like their motivations, what, you know, drives them. Like Mindy, you talked about um, what's their, what was it called? Dramatic need. Dramatic need yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robert yeah. McKee. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. That was beautiful, Elizabeth. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and I mean, you've brought that up before on the podcast too, of just dealing, you know, <laughs> I think there's a reason why a lot of fans of MPL connect with it so deeply is because the themes that are talked about are things we don't really get anywhere else. Um, woven into, you know, this wonderful romantic story where, you know, it's not just a story about people dealing with awful things. It's this beautiful love story where trauma is there, but like, that's, that's not all that the characters are. Yeah, there's a lot of depth to these people, you know, mm -hmm. even though we, we know that there's stuff that happened we don't know about, but you know, like, the gist of it just by, by these little things that happen and experiences and, you know, mm -hmm. even, even Poppy, like, you know, her, her way of like, her self-esteem issues and all this, like, I mean, I connect a lot with that as well. And, um, you know, uh, just being heartbroken also, like, and trying to get yourself back up. And it's, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, there's so much relatable content here. It's hard to, uh, to get through all of it. But yeah, and, and for as well. So for sure, like, she really went really in depth with these people. And I like it. I love this. Well, and even like Poppy talking about like, finding herself and feeling like she can breathe again. And like, you know, finally having the emotional space to like even figure out who she is out, you know, away from her ex. Um, and I feel like Tora really brings that out in her where like, you know, he, it seems like he embraces all of the aspects of her that her ex didn't like and kind of wanted her to like get rid of. Mm -hmm. um, 
Because <clears throat> I think you were saying earlier, Mindy, about like, you know, when you find, you know, your person, they, they bring out the best in you. They bring out your best parts. You know, they, they like those parts of you that maybe other people don't. Um, I mean, I think my husband's walking around somewhere back there. But, uh, um, Hi, yeah. Yeah. I've always said, like, because um, I had a very unhealthy relationship in college, like, and that was very much my uh, jewelry where he did end up cheating on me and I broke up with him. Um, but, like, I, when I, when I met my husband, like, um, I've always described it as, like, it's kind of, like, these aspects of myself that I didn't even know kind of started unfurling and blossoming by being around him. And I feel like we're kind of seeing that with Poppy and Tora, too, or, like, kind of these sides of themselves that they've never been able to, like, share with anybody are coming out now. Yeah. I mean, I that, I feel that a lot, too. Um, I think we've all had a jewelry at uh, one point in our lives, and mm -hmm. it's just amazing how many, I mean, it could be a woman as well. I mean, I know jewelry's character is male, but I mean, just how many people have been on the podcast or just talked about it on Facebook, or we've all had, I feel like that experience with somebody who, um, the way like it's been described to me is like they crush your spirit mm -hmm. and when you find that one person that like you said just accepts all of you and you know just takes it in stride and lets you be exactly who you are it's like there's nothing better than feeling that that freedom of just I am exactly who I am and that's okay you know mm -hmm. yeah very well said everyone <laughs> Ah, nice to hear people in good relationships. <laughs> so, okay. Are we at the next section? So, uh, where are we? <laughs> uh, we just read the Oath of the Fallen, and then Poppy's like, the Oath of the Fallen? The Fallen? That's so interesting. Tori's kind of like, hmm. This one's just some marketing gimmick. Last time I came there were waiters dressed as angels walking around and you had to recite that stupid oath before you could enter. Then people started complaining that it was dumb, so they stopped. <laughs> and Poppy's like, ah, I'd feel silly if I had to do that too. And I love this battle because it's just so Quincy and Tora right here. Like, Quincy's just so into it. Like, oh, of course I'm going to say this oath. And I like, yeah, no, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. But I just, I love their faces here because that's just like, that's so their character. Like Quincy's just like so into it. And Tora's just like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here, but I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Angel, of course, is like uh, topless <laughs> with angel wings, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Tora's like, I'm here against my will. I don't have to like any of this. <laughs> he looks so over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then um, Poppy says, but still, I like it. Kind of like it's telling you to embrace pain. Does that make sense? And Tora's like, doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, Sorry, go ahead. 
Yeah. So like, that's where I was kind of thinking of the like embracing pain and like, um, not like reveling in it, but like acknowledging it and processing it so that you can like move on and overcome it. And I feel like in some ways, like even though Poppy, you know, has even acknowledged that she tends to run away from herself and from emotions that are hard, like in some ways, because she's more like open emotionally, like Tori's even commented how she'll just say what she's feeling. And like, he might be more introspective than her possibly, but I think she's better at maybe like expressing those emotions in a healthier way. I noticed here, I feel like he's closing himself off here where he says, mm-hmm. Ugh, it's just a marketing gimmick. No, I don't know what, it doesn't make sense. I don't think he's mm-hmm. ready to view it things from that perspective. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe internally he might be thinking that. I don't think he's there yet either, but certainly not around Poppy. I think he's still more in like the hopeless stage where like, oh, this is just pain and I'm never going to get through this and this is terrible and I'm stuck in the clan and my life is tragic and I have no hope for the future. Don't think he's at the stage where he can see past the cloud and past the night and look at the dawn that's going to rise. I think he's still Mm -hmm. stuck in the darkness. Yeah. And then the last panel for this section, he's like, whatever. And then Poppy's like, hey, look. There's an aquarium here too. Wanna go see the fishies? And she is so good at just like sort of like pivoting, especially like I think maybe she sees that that made a Torah uncomfortable or something. So she's just like, hey, look, fish. <laughs> um, and Torah's like, you just wanna go sit down again, don't you? So much for exploring the entire cave by tonight. And she's like, oh, come on. <laughs> so now he's thinking back to he says the drink he ordered the bar turns out was some dumb alcohol mix instead of my usual crap so he ordered himself some alcohol and everyone's like why do you do that right because he said before he doesn't drink alcohol so like leslie was saying that poppy you know totally destabilizes his world Renee was saying maybe he felt ignored. So, and if you remember, right, he asked, he's like, another round, right? He said that right after he felt upset. So, like, maybe that's what he's like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to have some alcohol. And Hannah was like, maybe he wants to loosen up. Maybe he wants to be able to talk to her more fluently. Um, Patty says maybe he's, you know, he's anxious and he can't pull himself out of her orbit, which is like a whole going through the galaxy because the scenery here, right, this, where they're sitting here next to this giant wall of fish. And it kind of looks like, right, they're looking up and they're, at some point they talk about this looking like a galaxy. So he's stuck in their orbit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very nice analogy. Fun. But yeah, what do you guys think of, well, <laughs> um, what do you guys think of him, him drinking? I didn't know if maybe, so he said it was an alcohol mix, which I thought he, maybe he thought there wasn't any alcohol in it. Because, you know, like when you make a, like a margarita and they have like the pre-made mix and then you just add the tequila, that was where I went. Like he didn't maybe know if there was going to be booze in it. And then once he had it, he was like, oh, well, I'll just drink this. And then once you get that one in you, you're like, oh, I'll have another. Why not? But I only had one. I mean, at least that we saw. <laughs> I thought that was his second one because he said another round, the one that he oh. was. So I think this is his second one. I don't 
Right. We, yeah, you're right. We did assume that it was just strawberry juice, but it could have been the first one. It also could have been something. Well, because people were making jokes about he got strawberry juice on the rocks. <laughs> um, but if he ordered all, then yeah, the ice cubes make a little more sense. But like, I feel like he's self-aware enough that like, and careful enough that if he's ordering alcohol, he would know that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but, like, but I, I'm fine. I, I like that the, that we're finally getting like some of his like thoughts here, like in the next few panels, because it's been a while uh -huh. we had any like um, background of his his thoughts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I mean, he's obviously disturbed by the fact that he drank because obviously it's against the rules, and you know he knows it and. But he's also kind of letting his guard down. He wants to let his guard down, I have a feeling. Uh -huh. like that's what I think in seeing him like react this way. Um, yeah. Well, and he, he even sounds like he doesn't have any self-control when he drinks. And maybe tonight he doesn't want any uh -huh. to, like, to be able to actually talk to Poppy. Well, and, you know, she's obviously like very comfortable being you know that close to him. I mean if you look at her body language while they're sitting by the wall of fish like her knees are pointed towards him her chest is pointed towards him I mean she's looking away at the fish but you know she's she's into the the interaction I mean and him like with his hands crossed I think he's trying really hard not to not to touch her which mm -hmm. like like he mentions with the alcohol, you know, he has no self-control later. So I think he's trying to check himself before he wrecks himself, but. Oh. And, you know, you say like he, he initially is trying to not to touch her, but we'll see in a second, like he doesn't, he does. So she tells him, you know, she's like, Tora, look at that one. And that look on his face in this panel is, uh, it's, it's very unguarded and it's a little, it's like, Predatory. What? Like predatory? Like, hey. I don't see it as predatory. It's, I see it as also like wistful and longing and mm. a little nervous that, you know, here's this cutie patootie who's being a little happy and I'm nervous and I don't know if she's going to want me and who am I? And just came just on the heels of the formal angel conversation where he brushed it off. He's like, oh, it's a marketing ploy. But maybe here he, you know, now that she's not looking at him, he can internalize what she said a little. And I think maybe he's thinking back that whole thing. Who am I? I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. What does she want with me? Why would she want to be with me? You know, but clearly like, just like Poppy was like maybe nervous before with, with a foot. Like he's like, she's like, why is he into me? Like, what am I going to do now? You know, he's like, she's so happy and she seems to be fine with me, even though I'm a fallen angel. And to have to like reconsider his version, his vision of himself, mm. I think that's a little bit of what's going through his head now. Mm. Hmm. So, yeah, and yeah. she, she touches him here first by like, she kind of turns her head and then like, kind of leans her head into his arm and then that's when he reaches out to touch her. Like he he lets her sort of reach out first. Seems like he does. Yeah, the way I read it was like, what? No, no, you go ahead. 
Yeah. So when I saw when I saw her like bump her head against him, I felt like he kind of automatically reached out and like he touches her hair because he was just he still he just loves touching her. And I think it was just like an instinctive reaction, like, oh, she touched me, like I gotta get closer to her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like magnets. Well, and that look on his face when she like she kind of leans her head in and she's just smiling and like, you know, he's just asked her if she's having fun and she's like, Yeah, this is nice. And she's like leaning into him. Like, uh, I don't even know. Like that look on his face, just so like soft and like, like you said, like wistful and like, just like, there's so much like longing there. And then that's like, then he reaches out and touches her. Can't really. Oh, there you are. Okay. Couldn't hear you for a second there, Mindy. And she doesn't push him away and she doesn't overreact. She just smiles and, you know, says, mm hmm. So, like, she's reached the point where she's comfortable enough to uh, just accept that touch from him. And, you know, he's like, yeah, mm -hmm," right. They're, They're not having anything profound, but it's just like a casual touch. So, I think that must be very affirming for Torah that she accepts his touch like that. Mm. yeah like she leans into him you know she's closer to him now and like he reaches out and just kind of touches her hair and like you know she just stays right there now it is interesting that his internal dialogue in that moment like she leans into him and he looks down and then he's thinking about getting the alcohol and then he says which is turning out to be a big effing mistake Mm. yeah and that's maybe, you know, and the next step is like he reaches for her here. So like maybe that's why he's like, I'm I feel like I'm uninhibited and uh, I'm gonna be doing things that like I normally wouldn't allow myself to do, which may be a very good thing in this case, you know. If he's so guarded and in control of himself all the time, he might need something to help him relax and let his guard down. You know, sometimes you have to let go of control. And also, he, he, he's probably getting, he gets in his own way, right? He doesn't believe that he's, he's worthy of her love, but, and he won't reach out to it. He won't ask her for it. So him letting his defenses down might be good for him emotionally, because then he'll ask for what he really wants. Mm-hmm. So we have this gorgeous image where Poppy says, Oh, it looks like there's an entire galaxy up here. And he's like, huh, it's just fancy lining and shit. <laughs> Again, you know, bringing things back to reality. He doesn't want to, he doesn't, he, on one hand, he wants to see the world through Poppy's eyes, but on the other hand, he's avoiding it and rejecting it because that would mean looking at the world as a beautiful place. And he can't have that, right? The world has to be a scary place for him, a dangerous place for him. He has to always be on the alert. And she can see it for a beautiful, wistful, lovely place. And mm-hmm. he has to be prosaic. He always has to be like, what is it really made out of? I can't be fooled. I can't allow me, myself to just relax and enjoy it for the view. Mm-hmm. And happy sweet, you know, indulge me for a moment, Mr. Pedantic. Again, the banter, <laughs> the cuteness. That's, um, I know I've mentioned like the Zodiac thing. Well, she's a Pisces, which is a water sign. And they're very like airy and dreamy and, oh, this is so pretty. Oh. And Torah's an Aries, which is a... Uh, fire sign I believe and they're very yeah like practical and like very tough and that's so that's just so them 
right? Just like I that. Also, I, I feel like she has like, um, she has more of a uh, imaginative mm. mind uh, as compared to him. Like he didn't have the chance to be imaginative when he was a child, which is also, um, I think the reason why he, he just, everything is like, this is reality and this is reality and that's the way it is. But she's more like dreamy and artsy and maybe a little bit creative. So, yeah. And I noticed, Mindy, that there's seashells in this shot again. Uh, wait, like oh, when, yeah. mm-hmm. when, when she, he's like, huh, it's oh. fancy lighting. But there's like seashells up in that ceiling. I see that. Right, which is actually, we can go into this. You know, like Jocelyn said, they probably, it is probably fancy lighting. Like the, the, the seashells are probably lighting, but mm-hmm. there's something, you know, I, I was thinking before with the seashells, you know, that they're like, they're alive, right? He's drawn to the light. But it's also sometimes you have to create your own reality. You know, this is this cave. The people designed this cave. They took this, you know, piece of earth underground, dark, and they made it into something beautiful. And they did so by putting things in there. And they they're creating the light. They put in beauty. And sometimes you have to do that. You might not have been dealt the best lot in your life. You might have been given a pile of dirt, but they made it beautiful. And that might be a message for what they they have to do. Mm-hmm. By the way, are they like sitting underneath where the angel was earlier? They have the platform thing on top. Yeah, because like you see, like it looks like the platform thing above them. And I just realized like, oh, did they like go under the angel? Yeah, I think that was the ceiling. You can see it. The the angel's on their left side, like near Tora's head. Oh, okay. the space shifting on top. I think that's the top of the angel because you remember you saw the lines. Somebody was mentioning the oh, lines. Oh, that's right. I think that's the ceiling. But it does look like there's someone underneath it or behind it or something. I think it's like an angled shot. Like if if you like just turn it a little bit, there's like the lasers coming down, but you can see the edge of the ship there. So I don't know if they're just like, it's like an angle. I don't know. Also, when you look at the lighting from in, in the panel with the galaxy comment, like it's like the back of the angel's wings is lit it's like the backlit wing on uh-huh. the ceiling. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It also reminded me, like she mentions later a little bit down here about Regina's peak, but also reminded me of the time um, that he was. Uh, they were on her balcony when she made dinner mm-hmm. for him, and all the stars. And it seems like they have really heart to heart moments when they're you know out in you know these starry areas (laughs) (laughs) for next week we had hand holding we had hugging i think kissing is due come on (laughs) yeah we'll get to that at the end elizabeth you said everything's in threes so this is the third time we've seen like the starry i know (laughs) <laughs> awesome so yeah so that so now she said you know Toro's like oh yeah it's the dot it's the damn milky way in here you know making a joke being funny and poppy says or that like you said it reminds her of the night sky originally speak and then they get into this really she they get open you know they've been joking around this whole time but now she says you know something serious she says which i thought would be the last time i'd see you in a long while and you know and Toro is going back to his thoughts right and this is why i don't drink because I'm shit at drinking and every sh- shred of self-control I have gets ripped away whenever I do. So it's a 
<clears throat> that go back to their conversation. As soon as Poppy mentioned that, you see his face becomes very serious. And she says, so I kept your ring and bracelet for you in the little box. And he has this very, he's looking down, his jawline is rigid, his mouth is downturned again, which used to be a very typical expression for him, but he's, with Poppy lately, he's been pretty smiley, right, and, and dimply, but now he's back to being serious, and, you know, she's throwing him back to something, right, this is the bracelet and the ring that belonged to Joe, we don't know exactly how he got it and what happened, but obviously the whole thing is very, you know, a treasured and some, probably some tragic story associated with it, so she's bringing him back to, like, his, his reality and his his tragedy and I think that accounts for like the the look on his face and oh. and the and the um, and the fact that he made a decision then that it was the last time and kind of being reminded like oh yeah I did make that decision and I kind of had no choice but to kind of go against it and now yeah I don't know it's very deep this one associated with he said every shred of self-control I have gets ripped away right it's kind of like the same thing right he was mad at Quincy he's like I just said no to her I just said I don't want to be with her and then the next day he drags her in right so he feels like powerless and he you know Quincy said he's in the mafia and like you know now there's he's on the contract so like he didn't have any control so the alcohol thing really relates strongly to this because he had so little control over his own life he had to control his own behavior right so he doesn't want to let go of control with alcohol and so now he tells her, he's like, you're not thinking you're going to get back to me, are you? <laughs> and he, he's thinking, you know, shit, even this fucking hamster holds her alcohol better than me, right? So he's feeling to himself like this is, you know, I can't hold my alcohol, but which is getting back to his internal dialogue. But this look here, you know, he's smiling and he's he's teasing, right? But like his his eyebrow, like he has a little furrow there and it's kind of like he's worried, right? He's deflecting which is what happens when he gets emotionally overwhelmed and doesn't want to admit to feeling that. So he just tries to shrug it off and make a joke. But really this whole thing of like, if she would want to give it back to him, that would be a rejection of him because he gave it to her feeling that she's a safe person to give it to, that she would value it, she would trust it. She, he, can, he can deposit his most precious items with her. And but if she would want to give it back, that would show that I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm not going to keep this precious thing for you. I'm rejecting you. And, you know, Emma Lou was saying like, Tora has a lot of abandonment fear. So that would be, that would be terrible if she would actually, you know, do that. Mm -hmm. um, do you guys have anything to say here? If not, I'll just keep going because there's, yeah, we can, <laughs> there's a lot to say. Okay. Yeah, we can keep going. So, Poppy also gets more serious here. And she says, well, to be honest, I wasn't sure if it was right for me to accept something so precious from you. And this look that he has here is so worried. He's like completely worried here. And I think that the reason why is because he feels like she's saying that I can't accept that something so precious, I'm not the one for you, right? I'm not the girlfriend, right? Remember she tells him, you know, oh, that you should get that from your girlfriend, not from me. And, you know, that like I think it's like it's breaking his heart over here we're like that I finally trusted somebody and to give it to you and then you're telling me you weren't sure if you were going to take it so I think he's like in the grips of feeling rejected here <laughs> and you know he says when was the last time going back to his thoughts he says when was the last time I needed alcohol anyway I don't even remember so it seems, seems as though he did use alcohol in the past to for something 
wait, I don't know what, but for a time maybe that he felt emotionally overwhelmed. Maybe some people were like, maybe the last time he gave his heart away, but he took alcohol because he was feeling in some way, I think out of control or in some way, so anxious that he had to calm himself. You know, all the theories that we said before about why he would drink. So, you know, this is obviously a very gripping experience for him being with Poppy and going through like this concept, this notion of like, am I worthy of being with someone? Can I be in a relationship? Can I have someone love me? Can I have a future outside of the clan? Is there even a way for me to be in a relationship with this girl? Mm. I thought it was interesting too, that he used the word needed alcohol. It kind of made me think maybe when he was younger, maybe he had a bit of a drinking problem. Maybe before he was able to get, you know, have a healthy outlet for his, you know, feelings on lots of things. I mean, working out obviously helps, but yeah, it's just that that needed was really interesting, an interesting word I felt right there. Well, and then in last episode, he's, didn't he say he did drugs in the past? Mm Mm-hmm. He did. Well, he said a little bit, but he's, like, it wasn't for him. He was like, nah, I tried it. Meh. So. Well, and I think that he, you know, when he's saying needing alcohol, like, maybe he just feels like, you know, he's always so in control of himself. Like, he might be feeling like he's too inhibited to actually say what he feels to Poppy. Um, and like, yeah, his just his face right now where he's like, he just looks super overwhelmed. Um, and again, we don't typically see him looking this vulnerable. Like, um, you know, even the way that like his face is drawn where his eyes look a little bit bigger than um, we typically see him. And like, he just looks really young. Mm-hmm. And I think like, he's hearing Poppy say, you know, I wasn't sure if it was right for me to accept something so precious from you. Like, like you're saying, like, maybe he's hearing it as her saying, like, I don't know if I'm the one for you. But then on her side, it could be like, you know, why would you give me something so valuable? Mm-hmm. Like, am I really worthy of taking something that means so much to you? Mm-hmm. What was that, Mindy? They both don't think they're good enough for each other. Mm-hmm. They both kind of think they're out of each other's league. Like Poppy, maybe just because of the the looks department, even though she's very very adorable. But you know, he's a very good looking man, and for him, just you know, she's so good and so pure and sweet, and you know, they they both feel, is it right for me to want? this person like who's well who they think is out of their league Hmm. and like she gives him this like kind of worried look and then changes the subject actually I saw this as you know she she's giving him this it's worried but it's also she recognizes his his insecurity and his his sadness and she reaches for his hand she uses the pretext of like, oh, your nail polish should be dry now, but she's reaching out to comfort him because she sees that he feels rejected and he feels sad and he feels 
something negative, right? She, I don't know exactly the extent of how Poppy understands what his thought, train of thought is, but she definitely sees that he looks sad. And I think she reaches out to reassure him. And that's so sweet. Mm. And she's like holding his hand with like both of her hands. Like you don't really need to do that if you're checking somebody's like nail polish. <laughs> giving him a compliment, right? And Tora's face there is also like very open. His eyes are wide open. Usually a lot of times his eyes are more narrow but his eyes are wide open and he's just looking her full on in the face. You know, maybe it's like, oh, you're giving me a compliment. You know, you, you like me, you know, you, maybe he also understood that her reaching for him was her way of comforting him. But it's more, I think it's more of what he's been experiencing this, this episode, which is like, you really like me? Like, you really want me? Like, you're being nice to me? You know, this disbelief and this like, am I, I'm really worthy of you? <laughs> and now he says, right, he going back to like thinking about alcohol, how it he makes him lose control. And he says, because whatever I want, I go for it. Everything else be damned. And then the very next line he says is, I think you'd look nicer on me. So oh. there we go. <laughs> he wants her and he tells her so. And that alcohol loosened his tongue. And he's telling her what he wants her to do. <clears throat> and Haley is appreciating it very much. <laughs> <laughs> and here, I think again, her response just completely blows him out of the water because, like earlier, he's like, "Say pretty please," and she's like, pretty, pretty. <laughs> like "Say it again sweetly," and she's like, "It again sweetly." <laughs> and like, you know, in that moment, like throwing him off of his game, and then here, like. Uh. You know, he says, I think you look nicer on me. And he's expecting her to, like, blush or, like, squeak or deflect. But then she comes back and, like, one-ups it. And is like, well, what about under you? Uh, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, Poppy. Yeah. Yeah, how did you all react when you saw this? Like, I think we should recreate them all because I was like, did you just say that, Poppy? <laughs> I was sitting in my living room with my husband he's playing his game and I'm taking my little notes for the podcast and I just go ah! <laughs> and I'm kicking my feet yes yes like... <laughs> I kick my feet all the time <laughs> oh sitting next to my husband in the bed right here which is you can't see it but it's literally here and I'm like I was like what did I just say that oh shit oh it's about to go down yeah, I was like laying on the couch and I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, okay, Tora's like doing some stuff. And then he's like, because I'm a falling fucking angel. And I'm like, okay. And then like, probably then what about under you? And I was just like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, ooh. Well, that did not, that went somewhere I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah, you're Jocelyn. I was literally under under the sheets because it was like 11 at night and I'm like reading the episode and I'm like, come on, come on. And, finally come, and I'm like reading and then I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah, usual banter, like, oh, and he's, he's going to take uh, the bull by the horns. I'm like, yeah. And then mm -hmm. like, I did not expect her at all to, to be like so forward. And, and when she said that, I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I can't like, sleep after this. How am I supposed to sleep after this? Mic drop. And I, I usually don't reread the episodes quite that many times in one night. Like, usually I read it through once pretty quick. 
and then I'll go back and reread it right away a little slower just to kind of see um but like I probably read it at least four or five times on Friday <laughs> because I was just like my brain is like what just happened <laughs> like there was so like not even that moment but like this whole episode had so much in it um and like just going back and just kind of seeing the lead up and seeing the breadcrumbs and like seeing these beats but like that I was just like oh oh Oh, oh! <laughs> yeah, so I want to get to, to, to Tora's dialogue a little bit later, but like I think Poppy herself mm-hmm. was—I don't—I think she had just slipped out of her because of yeah, alcohol, well, or, or just because she she just couldn't control herself. Because she's like the fan that was fanning like Tora's hand, like ostensibly yeah. for the nail polish, was like <gasps> shock. Like she's shocked that she said that, and she's like sweating, and she says, "Whoops." And she's like, it, it appears that I might accidentally have tried to make a pass at you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And she's looking at, you know, <clears throat> Tora gives her this face of like astonishment and shock <laughs> and like, what the hell did I just hear? And she, in the last panel we have of is Poppy just blushing away and, and she, biting she the lip. She like dropped his hand. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what did I just do? Oh, and like just looking so hot like imagine you're Torah and you're looking she looks like look at that hourglass shape um she's blushing which you know it can indicate arousal um she looks like prey right now yep the tiger is on her Right. Somebody yes. even commented like the way her dress is right there like her boobs totally look like a heart like they the do. <laughs> yes. That is a sweetheart neckline. Yep, it is. Definitely squishable. Saying. <laughs> yeah, squish it. Sorry, squish it real good. Oh. Yeah. It's... But I, I was like, I, so we get that kind of poppy that I scrolled. I'm like, no, the episode is over. Because <laughs> like, I knew it was gonna know, end here. I knew it because I, I just. I don't have like a progress bar on the side of my phone when I'm reading. So I'm just, yeah. I'm always surprised whenever it ends. But this, I was just like, no, no, <laughs> no. Did she miss a panel and she's going to like upload it soon? She's like, they missed one. No. Every single That's comment bad. on Patreon was talking about this illegal cliffhanger. Lily should be in jail. What are you doing <laughs> to us? You're murdering us. <laughs> we have blue balls the whole week. We have to wait. <laughs> See, and I, I say to my husband, like, like writing my story, like I've done some pretty terrible cliffhangers, and I'm just kind of scared. I'm like, ah. if, like I'll go to post it. And I'm like, I'll tell him. I'm like, they're gonna hate me so much with this, and he's like. And yet you have so much glee over this. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, now I know how Lily Dusk feels every single week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there like, ah, post. And then people comment and like, I've had people swear at me. I've had people leave all caps comments. And I'm just sitting there like, ah. <laughs> And I'm just like, I can only imagine, like she gets to sit on Patreon in real time watching people just lose their minds and I'm like that alone would be so satisfying as an author to like 
and just every week you just have like fans like frothing at the mouth. As <laughs> 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 so I'm, I'm right there, I always comment on Patreon, like, you know, like this week it was just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love this, but I hate this. Like, ah! but I was like, but I love you. You're such a good storyteller. <sighs> Yeah, the comments were amazing. People, I feel like yeah. Robert Mickey says that when an audience walks into, um, when a group of people walk into a theater and they become the audience, their IQ rises by 10 points because they're capable of understanding um, depth and meaning and you know what's gonna happen. And I feel like the Midnight Popular fandom, you know, when we read the story, we become like so sharp. And like, we be, I've never met so many witty people in my life. Like, I'm not funny. And like, I see people leave the funniest comments. I'm like, wow, you're so funny and witty and smart. <laughs> Very impressed. <laughs> But it is like, you know, sometimes she gets 900 comments on Patreon. Yeah. And like, I don't even really ever look at webtoons, but like, apparently she reads them because like, uh, last week she made a little like comic thing in response to a comment that was on left on webtoons that she like really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, you know, like, how fun must that be for her every week? Cause she just like, I don't know how many hours she worked in the week. It's like 60 or 70 hours, something nuts. She said it once and I was just like, I don't even know how you can do that. Um, but like she puts in all this time and all this effort and I mean, she's putting in super long hours for this. I mean, this comic is one of the longest that I see on Webtoons. Even her like, oh, I'm sorry guys, this one's short. Um, you know, it's still longer than most of the webtoons I read. And like, I just can't imagine like, you know, and she's late sometimes and she's freaking out. And then like, she puts it up and we all just like melt down in like joy of this story. That's awesome. I I love her. I love her so much. Yeah. And I hope that this week does come out on time and we don't have to wait another week. Because I would think, I think I would just die. I would just, like, I, usually, like I need uh, an answer. I'm usually at work when this updates. I'm a temporary uh-huh. supervisor at a meadery. So it's it's a bar, basically. But, uh, you know, a shift doesn't end until, like, 9, 9.30. So it updates for me at, like, 8, 8.30 um, uh, in my time zone. So <laughs> I get home and I'm like okay I say to my husband I'm like all right don't bother me for like <laughs> 10 minutes I'm reading copy land and he goes okie dokie and I'm just like <laughs> reading it I'm reading it and just everything falls away and I'm just so focused <laughs> yeah I, I uh, sometimes like we'll be out well not so much lately but um we've done like it's eight o'clock on Fridays for us here is when it usually comes out. And so sometimes we've been at like friends' houses for like bonfires this year. And I think about Ben being all like sneaky and like reading it. My husband's like, yeah, no, I know what you're doing. <laughs> but I'm just trying to get a text message. And I like <laughs> out of the conversation. And he's like, yeah, I'll look over and you're just like grinning like an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> So before we get to like the end of the episode and what we want for next episode and a few other stuff, I want to talk about what he says because his last mm-hmm. bit of internal dialogue, he says, you know, whatever I want, I go for it. Everything else be damned because I'm a falling fucking angel. 
And fuckers like us have nothing to lose because we never had anything to begin with. And mm. that's so poignant, very sad. And, you know, I, I don't know how much about like the, I never grew up with like this kind of attitude, you know, like I talk about my husband and I differing backgrounds. Like I had a very loving family, very secure childhood, um, no real trauma till I got older. And my husband had the exact opposite. He had a very unsecure like attachment, a very, you know, unstable family life and unsafe. And, you know, he is very low self-confidence and I, you know, I get Torah through, or like, it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship. Like I understand both Torah through my husband and my husband through Torah. And it's so sad to hear him talk like this. You know, we never had anything to begin with and it's just so poignant. And, you know, the funny thing is it ends never had anything to begin with. And then the picture is Poppy, right? You know, so it's like, will he have Poppy, right? Does he, does Poppy belong to the category of like something that's attainable for him? Or is it like just another thing? Like, I can't have that because I can't have anything nice. Mm-hmm. Or maybe now he feels like he does have something to lose. So Patty had his whole analysis here, which I actually disagree with for the first time. I love Patty's stuff, right? So Patty writes amazing analyses every week. So she said here, people were talking about like, everyone's like, they have to have sex next week, right? That's like everyone's wish and dream and desire. But quite a few people said, you know, they're both slightly drunk. I'm frankly, I don't really think they're really drunk. I think they just had a little bit like one or two, Tori had one or two glasses. She had one and a half, you know, one and a sip. I don't think they're drunk. I think they're maybe just a little loose, but I get it. Like a lot of people are like, you know, we want their first time to be, you know, really consensual and hundred percent with their heads clear. And um, <clears throat> she said how she thinks Torah doesn't have much to lose if he would sleep with her and Bobby has more. I-, I don't think so. I do think that it's significant for both of them. Like just because Poppy may have less experience than him. I don't think, I think the experience will be emotionally profound for both of them. So I think it would be too quick if they, I mean, if you're living it, if this is like happening to you in real life, I totally, if you want to go for it, go for it. But like, as a story, I feel like that the pacing, that would be way too quick to have them sleep together next week. Like that's, I would go, oh, oh, well, I'm here for it, but I don't know. It, it would, it would be too, too fast. I feel like they're really developing the emotional connection way before the physical. So, mm-hmm. well, if you talk about groupings of three, they have kissed twice now. Oh, and, yeah. And both times have kind of been interrupted. Um, so I am hoping third time is a charm and they do not get interrupted. Mm-hmm. I, I'm already scared about next week. I'm like, you know, somebody posted on, on Facebook, I think a, t- a poll, like a poll, who's, which character is most likely to interrupt Poppy's and Dora's makeup <laughs> session next week? Since <laughs> he got number one, it's like, I can totally see him. Hi guys, here's your birthday cake. You know, the whole parade behind him. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> like, shut up, go away. <laughs> No, Quincy's a little more astute than that. Like he totally like just dragged Jacob off. Like he pretty much made sure that like, oh, our Deed and Damien are making out. Oh, here's Jacob. Let's just take him somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. He does want this ship to sail. <laughs> yeah, it's just like okay. 
if I can get this whole cave empty, I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was that that whole conversation, which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So like, but I'm hoping third time's a charm, and they get a nice long kiss. <laughs> yes, that exactly that. Whatever you just did, that <laughs> spasm. Daddy also pointed out that you know, um, because Torah never had much control over his life, he wouldn't want um, for her to be with him in a way that has anything but less than full control. And I do like that point. And she also said, I thought this was very sad, where he, she doesn't think Torah would want Poppy's first time to be with him because mm-hmm. he wouldn't feel worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, just like shoot my heart. Mm. I think she's going to have to do some convincing that, you know, like really state, I want you. Like the when they get to that point in the story, like he's, I think he'll be hesitant. I think that's right. And she'll have to be like, no, listen. I want this. Let's let's do it. Let's 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 do the thing. <laughs> I think he'll be more scared, right? He is for him, you know, it means something, right? The women he slept with before, unless we have unless we find out something later, we're pretty sure they meant nothing to him. And mm-hmm. this will be the first time it means something to him. And that, you know, when you right, when you have something to lose, suddenly you're scared, right? The other women, he didn't have anything to lose. There were just people that he was transacting with physically and that's it. And this is like, this is something totally different for him. So he wouldn't want to mess that up. And yeah, and I don't think he would feel worthy either. And that means like a whole set of things, right? When he sleeps with other women, there's nothing to it beyond that. And this means something, this is something huge. This would mean a relationship. This would mean love. This would mean commitment. This would mean sticking together. This is like, this is stuff that is he's terrified of and also putting her in danger at the same time because of the line yeah. of work and all this and and you know you don't know what'll happen like crossfire say so well, and even with her like drink getting roofied i mean that has no connection to any gang stuff i mean that was just these skeezy guys that showed up but like i saw somebody I think it was on Facebook somewhere said the comment that like, you know, this is almost like a glimpse for him of what could happen if she's with him is that like, maybe those guys were trying to get back at him. And so they spiked her drink. Um, And, you know, that's, I mean, that's why Tora tried to end things before Regina's peak is because he's like, I don't want her to get hurt. And like, trying to protect her from, you know, the danger of the mafia. Mm. Yeah, no, this was definitely a doozy of an episode. There's a lot Mm -hmm. going on um, and so much to talk about. I mean, there's literally like, I feel like there's like four pieces of this and I don't know, like you said, all, her. it looks like her comic is like longer than most webtoons and it's true, I, I do agree. It's like, it's one of the ones with the most content per episode. Like I feel there's so much happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when I was I was laughing cause like, you know when you pick these episodes to come on you don't know what's gonna be happening. Yeah. Um, but like Friday night I was like, my first Tiger Pops episode and this is the one I get to come <laughs> on for. And I was just like, yes. 
Well, yeah. and two, if you if you think about it, um, Lily, like she took that week off, and if that mm-hmm. hadn't happened, we'd be doing the next episode. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it. What was going to be going down on that episode? Oh, oh, oh. But I I really like this episode. I'm I'm not knocking this one at all, but. I- I feel oh, like I've been in a lot of the doozy ones, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I hope uh, I hope we get to to pick some more. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you guys want? What do you guys think will happen next episode? Make up mission. And then make out. Of course, of course, a kiss. Of course. Yeah. But yeah. Something. Yeah. I mean, something's gonna happen where, you know someone's going to come into the club and screw shit up or I don't, I don't know something some kind of drama is going to happen where it's not going to just be all smoochies but frustrated already <laughs> I just want smoochies just That's it. smoochies <laughs> <laughs> forever and ever we <laughs> another hundred episodes yeah, yeah. I do have to say that Lily Desi actually moves the story along at a pretty quick clip like and not in like a rushed way but like she had even said like oh you know worrying about like the comic hitting like a saggy middle and I was just like yeah I was like what and apparently like yeah every Every single episode I have ever read never has felt like filler. Like something always happens to move the story along. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apparently there have been, I mean, I don't read the comic comments on Webtoons, but apparently people have complained about like episodes just being filler. And I was like, uh, the comic I'm reading because this is not filler. Like the quiet, you need, you need the quiet moments for those big moments to have that impact well they should just listen to this podcast because there's so much stuff to talk yeah. about the episode is filled with stuff to talk about that they yeah. probably never thought of that they think is filler but it's not filler yeah, <laughs> that's why I, I was so excited to come on too because I mean I wrote notes on the episode but I knew that talking to you guys would like bring up things I hadn't thought of yet or you know different perspectives and I think that's what makes a really good story is it makes you think and I think I don't know about the people on webtoon but I wonder if they're maybe really young and they don't want to think they just want the smoochies and I mean I get that but you got you got to have the impact yeah Oh, I was just gonna say, like, um, having worked in a bookstore for years and reading so much, like, I've been reading novels since I was like nine, mm-hmm. and so like, there's a lot of stories while well, I start reading them, and I'm like, oh, I already know exactly how this is gonna end. Mm-hmm. That's that trope and that trope are gonna happen. But literally every week with Midnight Popular, I'm always surprised. And like, I'll even like, my husband's uh, computer, gaming computers downstairs. So sometimes I'll read the episode and just run down there. And I'm like, look at this. How did she do this? Cause like, um, I'm usually so good at being able to guess where a story is going. And I have no idea with this and it is delightful. <laughs> like 
I never know what, what is going to happen every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it keeps it interesting with like the clan business and, and the other characters. Uh, like you never, you just never know where she's going to take the story. And then, yeah, I, uh, that's what makes it interesting, obviously. Yeah, it's, such a, it's such a fun ride because like, I like, every week I guess, and I'm usually wrong. Why she in a way I totally didn't expect? I love surprises just in general. And I love every week just being surprised. I'm like, what's going to happen? I have no idea. <laughs> well, like when she gave us the first kiss, like it just was like, oh, 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 like yeah. it just like there was no build-up there was no like dragging it out for like 20 episodes she's just like oh here have a beautiful sunset scene of them kissing on a rooftop and you're just like oh and then like when Toro was sick and everyone's like oh they're not gonna kiss he has germs and she just totally figured out a way to do it and I was just like I just melted mm. like I love that rooftop kiss but that one it was just like in his apartment just so tender and I'm just like what is their next kiss gonna be like because they keep getting better <laughs> I feel like this one maybe will be like really passionate because mm. like Mindy you mentioned the you know just loosening up the the alcohol maybe a little bit loosening not like in a weird icky way but just mm. like you know inhibitions are lowered it's like okay I, I know this person now it's not just like oh um he's some dude you know it's like uh, the feelings are there they're they're uh-huh. starting to build it's like oh oh yes I think we need at least like 10 panels of kissing at least <laughs> <laughs> pretty please we have to pretty wrap please. up here <laughs> okay but yeah this was awesome and we've definitely yeah we'll see what we get next time it'll be whatever it is it'll be amazing (laughs) thank you so much for yeah Yeah, thanks mindy this was great um